Hi, I'm Matthew Clark. I have done uh, Wonder Woman Rebirth Special and Justice League. You are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. I like that. It had it. What? Did you just... Yeah, I, I think she just tried to uh, chirp in with one. Chirp, chirp. you got to get closer to the microphone as well. Oh, sir. Because you... okay. uh, I'm going to have to send a, a Sputnik to give you some signals. Hear you. Oh, I needed this this week. It's weird, right? The week just... It's Thursday. It's like, what? Where did the hell did the rest of the week go? It started off quick, and then it kind of dragged a little bit, but it, it's... I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's Thursday, and we're all here, but it was just... It, it, it was a weird week. I wish it don't drag. I wish it drag. You're old enough for it to drag. Throw them over your shoulder. I wish. That would be so awesome. If I had one that big, I would not be talking to any all right now. I've been making movies. <laughs> yeah, I've been making twenty four seven movies. Yeah, no, never. Of course, I would probably be dead, or in in prison. Mm. Yeah, either either or. So I guess the the gods have uh, they're much wiser than I. Let's just say that they knew that I would exploit the long thing, so they didn't give me one. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Yeah, they give you a bit torrent instead. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can't climb into bed with a BitTorrent, that's for sure. Yeah. No, no you can't. Can. <laughs> you really can't. Make laptops and tablets. I was going to say. <laughs> sort of, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be more like the, the main character in plastic. Yeah. Be killing people and shit. Yeah, All violent I, and shit. I don't, think, uh, I don't think your only friend would be a uh, sex doll. It depends on how well made the sex doll was. Like they got some now that are really close to to human beings, yes. Yes. but the one in plastic looks like you know old school a little bit yeah, but not so old school where it's just like the the big open mouth with the flat face and the rest of it's like a balloon. Right. Yeah, she looks to be fairly well made, but not as lifelike as some of the ones we saw in Stern. Yeah, like a real doll. Yeah, that's cray. Mm-hmm. You know what else is cray? What is cray? That this. Is eleven o'clock comics, episode four hundred and sixty-eight. Chirp chirp, and that's my dog. Four hundred and sixty-nine. That's a little man. Yeah. Oh, put him, put him on the microphone. Oh, he's, he's eating a uh, he's, he's eating a porcupine. Right oh, now. that's yeah, not yeah. him. That's his. That's the squeaky no, toy. No, squeaky toy. Oh, no, squeaky toy. Yeah. Yeah, he gets the crease. And this is eleven o'clock comics, episode four hundred and sixty-nine. Yes. And I am Vince B. You are Vince B. I am David A. Price. Savage. And yes, you are. But more importantly, I am all that is good with the world because I am a unicorn frappuccino blended cream. Oh, boy. Is it good? I haven't, I haven't. Oh, I have, dude, you think I drink that? I don't He's know. Like, you drink <laughs> everything else there. No, dude. I don't, dude. I, dude, I, are you kidding? I haven't had a, like a carbohydrate in like two, a month and a half. It's a car. I'm going to drink. Think, I'm going to drink something with seventy car, uh, grams of sugar in it. Oh boy, here we go. Now we're counting not, stuff. Not till heroes. Not till heroes. He's not. 
Exactly. Or the or or, or the trip down. No, you're not a blended unicorn frappuccino <laughs> thing. You're Jason Wood, everybody. Woohoo. You see all the baristas are irate over this drink? Why is that? No. They hate it. They say it's so hard to make. Is it really? Yep. Now, something like that, I mean, with all the, the quality control and the testing they do, I would think that they would know that if something was so time consuming, I mean, I know it's limited time, right? But it's, it's, I, that, that doesn't seem so well thought out. Like it was, yeah. someone lost a bet and, and that's, you know, that, that's their punishment for, for a few weeks. I don't know. It's, it's weird. I, that, that I think surprises the, me a the bit. punishment will be actually drinking it. Or afterwards, maybe. There's milk in it? I mean, I guess it's a fruit-flavored thing, right? Is it? Yeah, I think it's like some berries. It looks like a smoothie. Yeah. Ooh, no. (gasps) Whipped cream and then some kind of, I think it's uh, two kinds of toppings, a a sour blue and then a pink, whatever the pink is. Oh, I thought it was just some kind of coffee thing. No, no, it's one of the blended. (laughs) See, if you go to McDonald's and you pay a dollar, then you don't have to worry because it's just coffee. It's just coffee. It's just coffee. So I get it every morning. Do you love it? It's I no I, I can't say I love it. It's Aww. better than it's it's better than other places without a doubt. But yes, oh, it's, if you it, just, it is, just stop going to Starbucks. No, I don't. I I have it. There's I, I hit up the one on, on on the campus every so often. Um, but, and and when we're in the neighborhood, we were at one uh, last weekend. So okay. it's, but, it's it's all good. But you could get three. From McDonald's for what you pay for the Starbucks three. Well, no, wait, 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 wait. I, I don't think that's true. Are you? Because you're talking about you get a coffee, right? I get coffee from Starbucks every day, just coffee, and it's not expensive. I mean, it's not. It's like two something for coffee. Yeah, but okay. Well, what's the Starbucks? What, I mean, what's a McDonald's? A dollar. Oh, okay. okay. For next for a large, a dollar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Wow. It, you I just mean, shut once, me once down. Nice he doesn't want to talk about it, it anymore. It goes up a bit. But. Yeah, he doesn't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> and and you know what I want to talk about? I want to talk about you want to talk? inexpensive comics Oh. and where to get them. Okay. There's only one place, really. That's Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you can get all your favorite funny books delivered right to your door for a fraction of the price printed on the cover. This is probably the last time you're going to hear this is it. I think so. Um, the list of specials uh, for this month includes, from our buddies at Dark Horse, it's the Matt Wagner Grendel Tales Omnibus Trade Paperback Volume 1. Now, listen to these names and tell me why you wouldn't order this. Alan Moore, Stephen T. Siegel, James Robinson, Wob Walton, Darko McCann, Hochi Anderson, Teddy Christensen, Paul Grist, Bernie Moreau, Matthew Hollingsworth, 450 pages, collects uh, parts of Grendel number 40. The Four Devils, One Hell, 1 to 6. Devil's Hammer, 1 to 3. Devil in Our Midst, 1 to 5. Devils and Deaths, 1 to 2. This is an amazing collection, and it will be the first of, I'm guessing, what do you think, depth, 3? At least. Yeah. So you got to get on the ground floor of these Grendel tales. The cover price is twenty four ninety nine, but that's not what you're going to pay. Nope, you can bring it home for twelve dollars and forty nine cents. That's half off. That's crazy. Yes. From Boom, uh, Mike Plug, one of my favorite illustrators. This is his finest work, I think. And in addition to Plug, 
you get the amazing visuals of Tom Sutton, Herb Trimpey, uh, written by a dude named Doug Munch. It is the Planet of the Apes hardcover volume one. Yes, they were printed by Marvel, but now, boom, whoop, has um, all things Planet of the Apes, and they are printing the archives, hopefully. It is a $50 book, but... Nah, because you're smart and you know where to get inexpensive comics, you go right to dcbservice.com. You get this for twenty four ninety nine. And last but certainly not least, our buddies at Valiant are launching a new series. It's called Secret Weapons. Everything old is new again. Um, Secret Weapons number one by Eric Heiserer and Raul Allen. It's a it's a uh, let's see. Harad is in here. Those who survived, but those, but whose powers he deemed to have no value to his cause, that's Harada, were hidden away at this installation. But Livewire, because she's smart, having studied Harada's greatest strengths and learned his deepest weaknesses, senses opportunity where he once saw failure. So you get a bunch of new Psyots, or new old Psyots, under the, uh, Guys of live, uh, the, probably the tutelage of Livewire, going against Harada. Like, what more do you need? It's number one. It's three ninety nine. But you're smart, and you go to DCBService.com. You know the drill. You get it for a dollar ninety nine. That's half off. DCBService.com does not mind late orders or order editions, and you basically just have to plunk on your keyboard, and a month or two later, you get comics on your doorstep. So I, I noticed that, um, that the publishers have started releasing their uh, um, July solicits. So that usually means that it's time for me to get off my ass and get my order in for the current month. So oh, I'll have that done this weekend. What are you getting? Uh, as far as this month, not not a lot. I, I can't. Grandel Tales Omnibus you're getting. I I kind of want to, but I still have some of the originals, and I could probably find some more of the originals at Heroes. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see where it all ends up. But it, it's 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 right next to the gettings going to get, and I, I, I so we'll see where everything, how it all shakes out if it, if it makes it onto that list or uh, cool. Damn it, maybe next time you pay more, but that's okay. What are we drinking, fellas? Uh, what are we drinking? What are you drinking, Vince? Well, the birds are still up in the trees, and I am drinking the jug wine. It's going to be finished tonight, so I'm going to have to get some more wine. This is the last time you're going to hear me say jug wine. I doubt it. No, well, unless mm. I, unless the stuff I get next time is in a jug, mm. I, I don't know. Or in cardboard. Oh, please, please do. I want to hear the crunch of cardboard. <laughs> cardboard box. I don't care. Uh, I'm, I'm fearless. I don't care. You are fearless. What are you drinking, Jason? I uh, am double fisting. Mm. On one hand, I have a can of Mandarin orange seltzer. Okay. And on the other hand, I have a can of strawberry seltzer. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to be like lemon in one and lime in the other. But close. You're close. Yeah, I was. <sighs> that fire. Thursday night fire. <laughs> How come he doesn't get chided for not drinking? <laughs> oh, he kind of he kind of was. He knows he is. He's he's getting chided. Oh, Lord. 
What are you drinking, Dap? And bring us up, David. I'm sure you're drinking uh, something. I, no, yes, yes, it is. I am uh, the good old standby, the uh, Redwood Creek Cabernet Sauvignon. Nice. Mm-hmm. Look at you. Someone's got to be the grown-up. <laughs> Indeed. So we uh, have a thank you for this week. We do. We do. Um, and I was, I was giddy because I opened up this envelope – and C2E2 is this weekend. And it's a bit of a bummer because we're not there. We were there last year. We had an absolutely phenomenal time. Um, uh, Jason's making friends left and right. I, unfortunately, I, I think I'm just going to go <laughs> find a homeless person in the city and just say hi. But <laughs> we um, – Not only say to hi, kiss him and give him just, money. Yeah, and give him a hug. <laughs> give him money. Uh, 20 American dollars. <laughs> There's going to be a bunch of people there that we're not going to be able to see mm-hmm. this weekend. Um, and that hurts quite a bit. I miss them but, so much. Uh, the um, one person in particular is going to have uh, some things to offer. Uh, and one of those things is actually a preview edition for a upcoming book uh, called Valley of Ashes and uh, by... Christian Sager and Dave Jordan. So this envelope included this preview edition, which looks absolutely amazing. I'm, I, I, I love the gloss. It's it's a um, I like it too. It's you know the package is a little different than you know um, where do we go from here and and the sad man and 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 you had uh, the odds. It, it's it's but it's a funky looking preview. But I was. Also happy because and for some reason I kept thinking this was called Gestalt, but he included Say it again. Say it again. Gestalt. Gestalt. <laughs> Gestalt. He included his Inktober yeah. series from last October two thousand sixteen. And it is a it, it, gestate was just a it it's thirty 1 single panels nice little is it was it's 3 by 3 pins? I didn't measure it but it looks like two either 2 and a half by 2 and a half or 3 by 3 yeah it's it it's might a be square. It's, it, it's yeah, a it's square yeah it's square it's 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 not fit in, a, fit yeah. in your pocket very comfortable yes yes i'm i'm, I'm like trying to envision a, a floppy disk but the um but and this this was great to read as it was happening every day for a month but now you have it all just right here i'm going to um, measure it with my joe Kubert t square wow. it up it's actually um, 4 by 4 see all right i was right the second time yeah. the um uh but Dave 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 jordan art.com on twitter uh i believe on instagram he is at that Dave Jordan, um, dude has an Etsy store, so you can find these goodies. Uh, he is, he, he, I'm not going to do the whole roll call because we're obviously not going to be there, but he is one of more than a few people I'm going to miss this weekend. But I had a very nice little note included in the envelope that tells me he will see me in June. Oh, look at that. That is excellent. So, yeah, so the fact that we will see him at Heroes uh, lessens the blow of this weekend somewhat. Yes, I agree. 
Yeah. Is now correct me if I'm wrong, but Valley of Ashes. Is this the first time we've seen Mr. Jordan's work with color? Um is it, uh, I can't remember everything, but I'm... Odds is black and white. Sad Man was black and white. Yeah. I, and, and none of the low-concept stuff was in color, right? No. So right. I'm thinking yes, yes. Wow. And I believe um, Mr. Sager, Jason, doesn't he usually sit next to Treebeard, Mr. Kelly Williams, at the conventions, especially at Heroes? Oh, perhaps. I... I don't recall that, but that makes sure sense. They sit next to each other, but yeah. So um, it's kind of all, even though they're not locally, physically next to each other. Um, I know Dave was um, stationed at Kelly's table last year at C2E2, um, and uh, so there's a. But amongst the three of them, there seems to be some uh, camaraderie. Camaraderie, yes. Thank yeah. you. So yeah. I uh, was of the opinion that Gestate was his best work, and now I'm not so sure. Yeah, see? Seeing this, have, this Valley of Ashes is really something. And and Vince has a spirit animal in this book because uh, there's a dude drinking box wine. So, the, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's been, it, it's been so much fun watching Dave's progression over the years. And, and it's just, he... Every time, it's like he's our kid. He's our he's our every, child, and we're watching him grow and mature. With something, it's just like this looks amazing, and it's like hey, and, and and I look back at the older stuff, and I'm like, it's the same dude. That the the soul is there, but it's just but 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 his line work, the mm-hmm. weight, everything, just it, man. Which again, practice. You want something. You gotta keep going for it, and 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 just it, it's you're not going to get better if you just keep wishing. Just nothing, nothing of value ever comes easy. That's true. Nothing. If you want to be an artist, you got to work for it. You got to sweat and bleed and practice and get it down and crumble up the paper and start again and keep going. And that's what we've seen from from Dave Jordan and, and a host of other people. It's just that the perseverance of, among these these guys is amazing. They just keep putting out work like Dave Wachter. Dave Wachter never, ever faltered. He just kept working and working and working and working. And I mean, look at his stuff now. And we could say that about a bunch of our friends. Like, look at, look at this work now. It is getting to a point where they're finding that, that unique voice. And it's hard to find that voice. Got some people never do. And, Mm -hmm. and Jordan has, uh, Wachter has, I mean, it, it, I love these guys. I, I, I just uh, love to see their their work. It makes me happy. And uh, Daniel White will have. Um, I was going to bring that up too. His new zine at the uh, at the shows. Well, well, I'll let you. I'll let you talk about. No, that. talk about another guy that just makes friends wherever he goes. Very true. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you see the Facebook post yesterday on his way to the airport? Yeah. The girl on the, on the he train. Meets a, he meets a woman and, and, and she's reading a comic and he hands her, uh, a octopus and, and she absolutely loved it. How could you not? Why wouldn't she? Right. That's true. You've got me feeling some kind of way now about C2E2. You know, I, yeah, I, there's something about Chicago because, um, uh the uh that's where dap and i really connected in chicago oh, no yeah i mean you know reading was fun but it wasn't there wasn't a 
a, a bond at Reading like there was mm-hmm. like there was in in Chicago and it's just like uh, yeah New York is great because it's in our backyard but Chicago it, it feels well, that's like that's where we became a show or at right. least we realized that we were were a we're a thing to whatever extent we are a thing right yeah and then Chris is in Chicago so I mean <laughs> if if we wanted to we can get the old gang back together for a little but while. that's why I think I don't want to speak for David, but that's why hearing you say what you just said is one of the reasons that, that I'm so personally excited to have you come to Heroes because I I love Heroes. It's a very different show than yep. C22, but I love it so much for many of those same reasons. There's a, a group of of friends, some creators, some some just fans like us that 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 congregate around that show, and it become it's been great to see them and. And hang out with them, and it's such a relaxing show from a from a hangout standpoint. Uh, there's no pretense; everybody hangs out together. So I, I'm excited for you to finally be able to share in that, because as much as I'm in this moment sad that I'm missing C2E2 because last year was such a blast, I'm excited about going back to Heroes because this time last year, or more more to the point. Two months from now, last year, I was super sad that I wasn't going to Heroes. So, I, I think it's a it's a nice rotation. In a perfect world, we would have such massive sponsorship that we could go to all these shows. Be yes. damned! But, but uh, that is not the case, at least at present. It will be very soon. I, I, the the um, Chicago it is definitely. If people check their 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 Google Sheets or not, but yeah, it's that is true. Yeah, imagine, ladies um, and gentlemen, in case you haven't. Detected that was directed at me. Oh yes, yes, there wasn't. I've been quite passive aggressive, Vince, this week. I know that's okay though. Perfectly so. Uh, with Chicago, it's it, it, it's very near and dear. Yeah, I mean everything that Vince said and and C two E two, we were pretty much there from the beginning, and we were there yes. for for a few years at the start. It was fun while it um, lasted. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I, I, we don't really see Chris all that often. And it seems to be a place where, uh, its location is ideal for a lot of people to get there and, and, you know, around, especially around this time of year. So it's not, um, it, and, and Chicago is also a great place. I, even without the convention, I really like, the city of Chicago. And, me too. And uh, that's Chris rubbing off on me all these years. But it's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's open. It's accessible. It's, I mean, not that the convention is like near anything like, like say the Javits Center, but at least once the convention's over and you're out in Chicago, there's plenty to do and see. Right. Um, Just don't eat the pizza. And well, that's no. the thing that C2E2 and Heroes have over in New York for me, which is that it's very convenient. And frankly, economic for us to stay at my crib, and that's fun. But we are there is a tendency because it's my home, and because we're old men, to not really treat it like a full fledged vacation. Right. We don't have that extra bit of energy because we say, "Oh, it's been a long day. Let's let's hit the sack." Whereas when we're in Chicago, or in our case, David, in the past few years when we were in Heroes, it is a vacation. We're away, so the whole the whole every minute seems. Like you we're know, filling it with with with. Well, good it tidings. doesn't it doesn't feel like a vacation to you because you're in your own home, right? No, but even no, if it was a festivities yeah. like twenty four seven, you'd be like, yeah, I'm still home. That's but true. it's because it is our our home show, and we're not. Yeah, we're 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 going 
to a a house at the end of the day. We're not going to a hotel. It, it feels because of everything that Jason just said, and and yes, with, with Chicago and and heroes feeling like a vacation because you're away. I mean, once you're on a plane and going somewhere, but that I think is why, to some degree, New York feels more like work. It's really the only time I think the show kind of feels like a job is when we're at New York Comic Con. Oh, for real. Yeah. Whereas sure. with the other shows, it's like, it's like we're here, we're having fun. And maybe we should skip New York this year. That might not I'd be, be all right with that. I, you know, just, just getting together, just hanging out, seeing not, else who wants to hang. Yeah. And I, I and look at like, New York, to me, aside from being with with all of you, that's different. Roland and you and and Dap and all our buddies in New York, that's why I go. And the five dollar monster magazines that one guy always <laughs> has five dollar. Yes. I mean, and it's sick the books that he has for five bucks. But I mean, so I buy them. But other than that, like, what do I take away from New York? Like, I don't. When we used to go to Chicago, I used to bring. A, an em, almost an empty luggage just to bring back all the stuff. Yeah. I don't do right. that in New York. Well, no. there is an extra thing about New York this year that has me nervous, which is there the, the construction of the Javits has started. Yeah, and so that whole for those that haven't been to New York or the Javits ever, the Javits is a, a reasonably large convention center, but it's been a Frankenstein's monster. It's it's not well laid out. You you would you would think for those of you that have never been, that one of the largest, most important cities in the world would have a fantastic convention center, but honestly it doesn't for lots of reasons that we don't need to get into. So what the Javits is, what what it is, and it holds a lot of people, but it's very disjointed in its layout. Yeah. And the best part, I would say, of New York Comic Con logistically the last few years has been Artist Alley because it's been in its own area on the far end of the convention. And that has allowed it to be essentially its own little art focused mini con. And unfortunately for those of us that spend the preponderance of our time in artist alley, that whole area is gone. That's under construction for at least the next three years, I think. And so this will be the first year where Reed will be running the con without the access to that space and I know I've heard from a number of artists already that they're very nervous about yeah. this year from a commercial standpoint because Artist Alley is going to be relocated into the basement. And again, for our listeners that don't know what we're talking about in the Javits, like many conventions, there's several floors. And when you go in, there's escalators that lead down. And generally, the only things that have been down there in the last few years have been the holding room for the tens of thousands of people that are in line to get in. And then... Uh, Conve- uh, uh, what's the, um, uh, um, uh, panel rooms. Sorry, I was for, couldn't take the word panel. Panel rooms. Um, so now some component of that, I'm assuming the room that used to be the holding room, because that's big and open, I'm assuming that's going to be Artist Alley now. And that may be fine, because if that's the space, it's a pretty large space and it is open and high ceilings. So it may be fine, but I know that a lot of them are very nervous about that and flow of traffic and that sort of thing. So um, this could be an interesting year. Right, it could be a very interesting year. There, there's no weekend. There's no four day tickets being sold this year. Um, so we'll have to see how it all goes. We will. Yes, but enough of that. Let's talk about comics. Right. There was a particularly disturbing 
first issue that hit our inboxes this week from Image Comics that Vince has on the show <laughs> spoken with great anticipation about for at least two months, I guess, until since we saw the initial solicits. Yeah. And that book is what, Vince? It's a 12-gauge production written by Doug Wagoner, art by Daniel Hilliard, Laura Martin did the color. It is called Plastic, number one, as Jason said. And it's it's hella disturbing. Um, <laughs> it's, it's about a man named Victor who just takes out and just goes to see the 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 country uh, with his girlfriend Virginia and Sweet Virginia they stop at a uh, little convenient market after having sex they they stop at a convenient market and uh, while they're there a bunch of ne'er-do-wells start <laughs> making the moves on Virginia in the car and Victor does not like that at all Victor has he's got control and anger issues and he messes up the the men pretty badly break uh, broken bones um he uh jams a, a, a cleaning brush down one guy's throat after i mean before he covers his head with a plastic bag and jams the, the, the brush down the guy's throat and you can you can feel the dude's teeth breaking and he's choking and there's blood spewing out of his mouth uh he rips another guy's ear off uh breaks his fingers i mean he messes these guys up uh, and then he gets, he gets back in the car. He's got the guy's ear still on his jacket. Like, doesn't even pay it any mind. Um, and Virginia's nonplussed. A, 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 as she would be because Virginia is a sex doll. She's a blow up doll. <laughs> and, um, and as we were saying in the intro, she's not the old school, um, you know, balloon poodle with a, with a human yeah. face on it. She, she's a, uh, fairly well made. I mean, it, she looks human. Her face is actually kind of attractive, right? Wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah. She's not as plastic as the title would suggest, but I, I'm guessing the title is uh, due to Victor's penchant for plastic bags. Like he he well, would. She's made of plastic. I thought. Yes. A, well, I don't know because when the the shopkeeper asked him, "Hey, Victor, you know, do you want paper or plastic?" Like it it takes Victor There's probably multiple meanings going yeah, on. Yeah, right. right. Yeah, it, he's taken aback by the choice of paper. I think plastic. It's because Victor is just apprehensive. He, he's aware of Virginia and 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 her condition, so he he wants to. I, I think that. Whenever anybody asks him that, it, it's almost as if he thinks they're referring to his girlfriend. Right, and and while he's perusing the stuff in the in the uh, convenient market, the the shopkeeper says, "You know what? Our our credit card machine takes a long time. Why don't you go look at the magazines? You can take some of them out of the plastic if you want." And uh, so there's girly magazines on the rack, but Victor doesn't peruse the girly magazines. He's looking at a Travel Rome magazine, where uh, I don't I don't know if he was thinking of taking Virginia, you know, to another country, or you know, he just wants to spend his life with Virginia, and and she's she's not human, she's a blow up doll. 
but but Victor's actions, uh, because one of the the men that he damaged was the son of one Thaddeus Bellavo, who seems to be a man of of means of power, and uh, he sends his goons out, and they uh, one of them is a police officer, and and they uh, capture Victor, and Victor is given the ultimatum. Um, you do something for me, and uh, I'll forget about you sending my son to the hospital. And you know, no, no harm done, no foul. We'll forget all about it. But uh, the thing that Mister um, Thaddeus Bellavo wants done is he wants an entire family el- eliminated. And Victor looks like he's going to comply no, with, with for Virginia, right? With with Thaddeus's wishes. This is a strange book. You could tell there's a setup going on because when they have Victor tied to a chair, they they knock him out, and, and when he comes to, he's in a chair, he's bound, mm. and uh, Virginia's hanging from a rope, and there's there's two uh, thugs, you know, messing around. You know, one guy says uh, his name's Thomas. He starts licking Virginia's leg, and. And uh, Victor thinks tongue. And then uh, he's looking around. He's taking in his surroundings. He sees bait. He sees, he, he realizes the fact that he's over water. He sees a propeller. So I'm guessing all of these things are going to – like this, this – Tom people's names. Yeah, this Thomas guy will definitely lose his tongue at some point in this series. I you, think you're you, right. Yeah, you could tell. It's, it's, it's being set up. That propeller is going to come back. He's going to probably decapitate or really mess someone up with the propeller. So uh, the thing is that Thomas has a history – or not Thomas. Uh, Victor has a history. He was uh, – for 10 years or more, he was a government black ops agent with a with a top secret security clearance. And that's what Thaddeus finds out. That's one of the things that he uses as leverage to make Victor do these these the murder that he wants him to do so we've yet to learn all about victor we've yet this is just a glimpse i mean this is the first 15 minutes of the movie called plastic so it's all introductory it's just all set up and and it is it's it's amazing that this something like this could be a series right it's just disturbing yeah it's disturbing shocked but but i am i am pleasantly surprised that uh, the series exists because even though image has a wide range of outputs, I, I don't, I, I was about to say, I don't know that they get this depraved very often, but that's maybe that's not true. Maybe the last thing we saw this raw was happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or what was that? Um, the book in on the skybound imprint about the, the crazy doctors. Um, I'm drawing a blank on that. I know. I, I can't think of the name. But but all in all, I mean, I, I think it's it's a great start. I, I really like Daniel Hilliard's art. I, I think it's um, oh, yeah, for, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's it's very clean, very stylized. It's it's in the zone of Chew. If you're a regular reader of Chew, this book will not be. Uh, visually strange to you. It's more detailed than Chew. Well, yeah, it's th- not this exactly. book isn't a comedy, though. Right. I think it's pretty Chew funny. Chew is now right comedy. No. No, Vince, it's, it's not. You don't think it's funny? 
that's not funny in the slightest. No, I don't think it's meant. I don't. I don't think it's meant to play funny at all. I think I, obviously Victor is touched or something. I mean, something happened while he sees he he he's seen bad things. He's done bad things, and and he went away for two years. And his girlfriend, who he cares deeply about and allows him to ride the HOV lane, is made of rubber. So there's and that's not there's, funny. There's no, it's it, well, because it's not presented funny, and he is obviously very serious. It's not like he's not. He didn't. He didn't. Um, it wasn't a, a, a Jerry Lewis slapsticky kind of way right, of, of right. him taking out these guys. He, she was played for laughs. It's, right. it's it's by design a book meant to make you laugh. This book was not meant to make you laugh. I think there are comedic elements to the absurdity and depravity of it, but I don't think it's it's meant to make you laugh uncomfortably. I th- I to, see. To I I gotta disagree. I think this book is black humor at its best. It's uh, it's funny. I don't see too much humor. I don't it's, see that at all. No, uh, and and that's we'll we'll be able to tell just who needs to be watched closely, depending on how people chime in with their thoughts on whether or not this is uh, funny. It's, so, do you think I need to be watched very closely then? Because I think it's funny. You're, you're, you're dude. He tipping at me a little bit. Dude, he attacks uh, a guy with a cleaning brush. And yes. he's jamming it down the dude's throat. It's funny. Mm. See, it's, I think the way it's presented would determine whether or not it's supposed to be funny. It's it's um, a very explicit book. I mean, the violence is they, there's no hold, holds barred with the violence. Say, it's not really exaggerated. I mean, yeah, he rips somebody's ear. It's it's not like it's 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 entirely. Uh, but see, when some of gets- these some of the things that happen in this book could probably happen i mean he's obviously he he has special training so him ripping someone's ear off i I don't think is is that far outside their own possibility there's no but the fact that when he comes back into the car he's wearing it that's funny oh yeah but he's but because he's absent-minded he's he's not he's he's not uh, again aware it's virginia was that's that was his primary concern. She's got to be safe. So if so, he could have ended up nude and and got back in the passenger. Yeah, seat but and, and he, he he just brutalizes these people, messes them up, destroys their faces, blood everywhere, and he comes in and he's and and he's he's he has remnants of these people on his body, and he comes back into the car. And Virginia has the exact same face that she yes. had before, and he's like, "You wanna." Already, it's, like it's, it, it's, it, and you could see down her scenario. throat. You could right, see. I think, I think it's. I, I view it. If I'm, it, to me, this is written to be like an absurd, over the top schlock horror film, where because it's so crazy and over the top, there are moments of uncomfortable humor embedded in it because it's absurd, and absurdity can be funny. Yeah. But I don't think this is written to make you laugh. I think it's meant to. Tell a story that's disturbing. I, I, yes. I, Chew is absolutely written to make you laugh. It's a comedy book. There's nothing cartoony about this. The physics in this book are pretty much real. There's nothing that 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 goes. Um, you know, there, there's no safes falling out of the sky landing on someone's head. There, there's really nothing in this that's that that made me chuckle at no, any it, point. Well, I well then I must I have know, problems I, because well, I read this thing. Problems, but we know that you're you're on you're, you're on a little bit of a different level. Yeah, now, no, the, it, just like the dead possum in the first panel. When when 
the, you see the squeaks, the, the, the like the cars rock and right. don't come knocking. Yep. And, and right. in, the, in the foreground, there's a dead possum, and it, yes. and it looks and you could see the tire yeah, it mark. Much looks like they just ran over. That's funny to me. Okay, and then uh, uh, thank you, All right, that 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 to me. But it's it's there's my. I'm not I, saying it just doesn't play as funny at points. I'm no, I'm not. Right. I don't, I, I don't know. Again, again, I can't imagine what was going through the minds of the writer and the artist when they were doing this, whether they wanted it to be funny or not. All I'm saying is, trickle down. I'm at the bottom of the chain. I'm reading this. I think it's funny. And that that does not surprise me. It does not surprise me that, that, that you would see this because, I mean, knowing – Knowing your love for, you know, Ash versus Evil Dead. Knowing your love for... Right, Bruce Campbell could play Victor. Yes, he very well could. You know, that's an interesting comparison. I was was loath to make it because of my my being on record of of not enjoying the Evil Dead. Well, that's because you're you're just crazy. Yeah, you're crazy. I get it, I get it. But, But what I'm saying there is I did think of that comparison, that because I... I guess people find Evil Dead funny, and yes. I guess part of it is supposed to be funny. Yeah, but, but I found, I didn't laugh once when I watched it. I didn't. But I think I I think what makes what helps make Evil Dead amusing and Ash and and Army of Darkness is Bruce fucking Campbell because of his delivery. Because that's not of really his, his, his expressions. It's just he's that's what look watching him and and I mean whether it was. Whether it was Jack of all trades or, or you know, anything that he ever did with any of the Raimi properties, or even his, his what cameos. What about Bubba Hotep? in Raimi's Spider Man? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So there's there really isn't. I mean, even on that, what, whatever the hell, uh, Burn Notice. I mean, there there. Whenever he is on a screen, you're you're waiting for him to react or say or do something, and and he just kind of exudes that kind of attitude where you're not everything is really serious but i didn't get that victor has just some he's he's stern he's he he doesn't have dead eyes but there's nothing that i find that i i i i I really it would be uncomfortable if i heard victor try to tell a joke just in these few pages that i got to know this character he doesn't come across as somebody who would be um whimsical witty i don't know uh, see i don't see that like he's talking no no it, 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 it is no but but he he's talking to to um virginia and he's like well, just about the donuts you know right you, yes. I, don't, I don't know I, you know not everyone enjoys cream filled like he's just he's not detached that is that's and that's i mean and and yeah if, on on your if you didn't know at the time that Virginia is a doll, then that, you know, you, that would just be a conversation. But knowing, you know, the whole double entendres and everything, there are, it's, so it's written, so the writer is, is throwing these little jokes in there, but it doesn't necessarily mean that, that Victor's mindset is, is. He certainly does enjoy beating the shit out of these guys. Yes. So I did a quick scan and Image Comics did a little interview with Doug Wagner for the launch of the book and in the midst of the Q and a Doug says, we're calling this a dark romantic comedy horror. And I think you can see why the only <laughs> word anyone's used so far is weird. So, so they're I, basically I think covering all the bases. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. This discussion does illustrate that it is probably something that defies genre by by design. Mm-hmm. And so, depending on how depraved you are, you may find it yeah, not right. You may find it funny, and yeah. others may find it a little a little more on the disturbing, frightening side. But either way, I I don't want to lose sight of the bigger picture, which is that I enjoyed the first issue and absolutely yes. will continue to read it. It's nice. five issues to be a five issue miniseries, so I'm in. Yeah. Uh, I, I I absolutely adore the Andrew Robinson cover. Um, I I don't know why. I just I mean even with the damn brush in his hand and 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 the 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 smile, it just it, there's something about this cover that that I'm just I can't take my eyes off of. Uh, it's it's great. There I, were I love the overlay. The uh, yes. the document overlay in the back that's yep. that's really well it's not in the background it's it's in the foreground and the back I think it's great my my only um the only the only nits I really have oh. um I know I know it was bound to happen I, I, although you know I'm I'm like as I'm reading it I'm like that would have been it, it when when we meet in air quotes Virginia for the first time when when we lay eyes on her. I, I wasn't keen on the panel placement because it's at the bottom of the. It, it wasn't on the reveal page. It was on. It, it, it's it, depending on where you're turning the page, that it, it kind of gives it away. Um, and uh, I mean, it's not as bad as you know, Spider-Man unmasking in Civil War, but it's it's a um, that caught my eye. Uh, and I get it. You know, we're going to move the story along, and and. These are the things that you really shouldn't get hung up on because it's pretty self-explanatory that, that this, that, that, um, homeboy is, is pretty connected, but he's got Victor's, you know, CV in his hand. And, and it's like, that was, I, I, I'm sure we were going to find out or we just should assume that this dude is pretty connected and nobody says no to him well, and he's got he money. gets his way. Right. Exactly. But it's just, it's, it, it, that was just a little too fast. Just, just so that, I mean, obviously we, we, we need it. It's like Jason said, it's five issues and, and, you know, but that's, that's not the important thing. Who this guy is, isn't, shouldn't be where you're going to get so hung up on. Just, just, right. this is how it happened. What? We're gonna keep going. What's that thing he was playing around with in the one scene? Is was it that, a golf club or? I, uh, I think it's like an Irish thing, isn't it? Like a. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know what. But it's solid gold. Yes. So I mean, he's dripping with money. Yes. And this yeah. also reminds me a lot of Invincible, the art. With um. And I was gonna say Boatnight with uh, the nine. It's some in some spaces. It's so, are you saying that I, I didn't notice reading the comic? But I think you're right. It's, it's a gold shillelagh. Shillelagh, ah, my damn shillelagh! It's on my desk because I'm terribly, terribly Irish. <laughs> so, <laughs> shillelagh. He's gonna beat the shit out of somebody with that thing. But it's so funny, shillelagh is in the Urban Dictionary, and the definition is a misspelled version of shillelagh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yes, did you, number one, get it, get it if you haven't, um, read it. Uh, yes, it's, it's great. I mean, you'll know within the first, you'll know with this first issue if, whether, you know, it's for you or not. But, um, yeah, I, I think we will be, uh, you'll hear about the next four issues. See, I think as, we as need more books like this because I'm a little surprised it's an image book, honestly. 
Why? Witch Doctor. Witch Doctor is the book I was trying to think of. Right? Oh, oh yeah, that was that. great. I like Witch Doctor a lot. Yeah, we talked about that. Mm-hmm. I'm, what uh, uh, was I was saying? I, I think we need more books like this because it's I agree. so against the grain. Yes. It, it may have come from Image, but this book feels. David knows what I'm going to say. Avatar. No, it feels like a dark horse book. Oh, see, I think it feels like an Avatar book. No, it's much too accomplished for an Avatar book. I'm sorry, I like Avatar, <laughs> but this would never come out of Avatar. <laughs> this is too good. Well, Avatar's had more Warren Ellis and Alan Moore product on its shelves in the last five years than any other publisher, but right? Pretty much. They're the Avatar anomaly, right? And Garth Ennis, I know, I know. Ennis, right. But, but for the most part, the, the visually, Avatar's lacking more mm-hmm. often more often than not. no that's true that's true yeah this speaking of, of of warren ellis did you guys well i know david did, did vince did you read wild the wild storm two and three no i read two out of me three yeah. you could tell me about it i don't have much to say okay then i was yeah, correct i think it's a i i i, I may be unburdened by expectation here because Warren Ellis is a phenomenal writer, but he's also a writer that is known to have a wide variance in his quality. Mm-hmm. And most people, myself included, link that variance to whether or not it's something that he's truly passionate about. And generally, there's a connection to whether it's his own thing or a big two license thing. Right, exactly. Now, I think a lot of us had hopes that Wildstorm, because in a way it's him going back to a place he's familiar with would have been a thing that he was really into. And maybe he is, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not in the, I'm not in the, the man's mind. So I don't know where his head is at here, but I, I've read the first three issues and it has been a slog. It is a book of people sitting around having conversations. Yeah, and right. It is word balloon after word balloon. And when I think of Wildstorm, in all of its, in its best moments and its worst moments, I don't think about talkie books. Right. Exactly. So. It's like uh, DC's New Universal. I still feel the sting from that slap. With slightly better heart. But yeah. it's, oh, God, that fucking thing. Um, no, I, I, read the, uh, I read the second issue and I felt it a little better than the first so I was somewhat optimistic with the third. Um, and I started, I turned to the first page, and then you mentioned uh, plastic and redneck. And I said, okay, well, something else just came up then. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. I didn't finish, I didn't, I barely started redneck, but I. Um, you didn't say DC's New Universal, did you? I did. Yeah, because it's not. It, well, was, it was Marvel. Right. Right, that's why this feels like DC. No, he's saying this is oh, gotcha, gotcha, right. Of, I got you, got you, right. I'm a little slow on the uptake. I got you. Still, you're still thinking about the plastic. It's all good. Yeah. That was the highlight of my week, plastic. Uh, well, aside you didn't read Redneck plastic. yet, Vince? I thumbed through it. I think the art is breathtaking. It's great art. It's totally up your alley, the art. It is. It is very much. And Donnie Cates is the new It Boy, it seems. Seriously. He's got this and he's got God Country and... Uh, I enjoyed Re- I enjoyed Redneck quite a bit. It's strange. There seems to be this comics are have these strange cycles, and now there's multiple books now that take place in rural southern settings yep. and have yeah. some 
kind of quirky twist. Uh, this being the latest, join the bunch, but there's Moonshine with our man Risso and Azarello, and then there's, there's, uh, I mean, there's a bunch really, but uh, Southern Bastards, uh, I would be the best of the bunch, although it's the also one, probably the, the straightest. What? The, the one with the zombies? The, um, the most oh, recent uh, one that's coming uh, Cannibal. Uh, yeah. Carnivore. Can- carnivore. No, cannibal. Cannibal or carnivore? Cannibal. Cannibal, cannibal. yeah, it is right, cannibal. Sorry, cannibal, which we, which I really enjoyed the first arc. Yep. It's, uh, but yeah, yeah, which is, yeah, there's Southern Bastards, so yeah, there's, um, mm-hmm. There are, it, it's it's happened, and I guess it's you had. I mean, when we had the British invasion, and you had, you know, it was a certain style of writing in the stories that they were telling, and and now with with uh, with Kate and with Jason Aaron and with Tor, and and they're just. I, I guess you're going to kind of write what you know, or or you know, from your experiences, and and if the books that you mentioned. Are entertaining and we find them well done because it's it'd be like me trying to write a book about you know milking cows as opposed to you know someone in IT. There's just certain things that <laughs> you just you're good at. You, you write what you know and and if this is you know this is their environment if this is what they're they're familiar with then uh, then it's going to feel more real more more it's a more lived in universe. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to get too into rednecks since Vince hasn't. Oh, that's okay. You can it. you can go deep. No, it, I'll just touch on the premise, which is largely people could find from the solicit. But you never know with some of these books, especially the indie books, if if people read the solicits or know what to expect. The the premise is is straightforward. Uh, it's it is a rural setting, and in this case, in Texas, if I'm not mistaken, and there is a home full of. Uh, they're a quote unquote family, but they're in essence a group of vampires of, of exceedingly old age. The two young boys as they were are both 60 years old, but grandpa, who I'm guessing is the prime vampire, lives in the attic and never comes out, and he's old school and has old school beliefs, and they've referenced that he's at least a thousand years old. Oof. But in essence, they live in somewhat relative anonymity, although it's clear that the Boss Hog character of this town is at least aware that they're dangerous. I don't know that he knows that they're vampires per se, but he's certainly aware of them and their family. And as any teenagers would have it, they're sick and tired of having to hang out at the house all the time and hide out. Oh, and I should mention, it's clear that they're not drinking human blood. They're all drinking cow's blood. Uh, so they're they're making a conscious choice. Yeah, I saw that one panel where that's, right. it's pretty clear. Right, and Grandpa... He's not feeling that, but I guess they, 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 we don't know much about grandpa yet. We just know that he lives in the attic and he's old school. Uh, so I'm sure his, he'll have an arc, but, uh, the two boys of the family are understandably bored and fed up. So they decide to go into town for a night on the town and dad is very worried because he just doesn't like the idea of young wild Boys going out in the town and getting into trouble, given that they're vampires and that things could go tits up. And as you might imagine, I won't get into the details, but things do in fact go tits up very quickly. So what happens from there is anyone's guess because we don't find out in the first issue. But I liked it. It set up a very interesting uh, circumstance. You can see how the first arc will play out. A uh, little bit of Hatfields versus McCoys. As, as Vince astutely noted, the art is right up my alley. 
There, there's a bit of a James Heron vibe to it, I think. From a little Rumble. bit, yeah. It's definitely with the face, the way he the, 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 he draws people, like people's faces and the like. Yeah. Very cartoony. If if this was a race, lips, big be, lips, long faces, that sort of thing. Yeah, he'd be running behind James Heron, but still in the race. Oh, uh, well, sure, sure. Yeah. It's only the first issue that we've seen of the guy for sure. I'm, I'm with you there, but but uh, no, I liked it very much. I think that uh, two two very good first issues out of the Image Factory this this week. Image Orama. Mm-hmm. Always a pleasure to, to write that. No, I, I like the cover a lot on Redneck. I, yeah. I, I think it works very well. It's it telegraphs exactly what the book is about. Um and I'm I'm going through it and I I like the you know, the, the panel where he slits the, the cow's throat and it's it's the art's very brushy. It's 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 like I said. This is tailor made for Jason, like God Country and Redneck and, and Cannibal. It, they all fit a similar mold. I don't know if that's calculated on the part of Image, but it or or happenstance. But it's it's all occurring at the same time, like Jason said. So there there seems to be a uh, a subgenre of Image where we get southern southern gothic. Right, southern, southern fried gothic seems yeah. to be the new, the new hotness. No, this is it. It, it looks very good. I'm, I'm going to read this uh, as soon as we uh, wrap up tonight. Nice. Yes. Dap, what are you reading? Oh man. Uh, well, I know nobody read the first part of the button. No, I didn't yet. No, I did. Oh, you did. I'm looking at your list right now. Oh, there it is. Yes, you it did. It is on there. Yeah, yes, it I is. I didn't read it. But if you'd like to talk about it, go right ahead. Don't. Oh, don't. Do you? Please. Um, you now. You finished Reborn, Superman Reborn. Yeah. So all right. So we'll talk about that real quick. Um, yeah. Well, not real quick, but we'll get into that. Well, that's good because I'm not reading that. So fill me in. Okay. So, uh, you know, Jason. Does that tie into the button? Is that why we're? No, no, no. Oh, um, okay. This is uh, the Superman Reborn uh, was a four-part story, two issues of action, two issues of Superman, and and you know, Jason, when um, after Rebirth, when Superman, when when the pre-New Fifty Two Superman showed up in the Rebirth universe, uh, there also just ha- and Lex was the Superman of Metropolis. There. Also happened to be a Clark Kent, right? Right. Uh, so, reborn reveals who that Clark Kent actually is. Yeah. Okay. I kind of know. And you knew because Vince has been current on Action Comics. I haven't been because I it's it, for me it's not as strong as as Jurgens has been. I totally agree. Uh, I agree with and, you on that. And and I'm not um, some of the arts. Uh, switches uh, between uh, whether it's Searcher or Segovia and, yeah. and so, so there are a couple of guys that, that I'm just not um, feeling art wise so I I didn't even finish the arc where the uh, the bounty hunters were about to execute Lex um, I thought it was good so I, I didn't finish that so yeah. therefore there were a couple of issues that I didn't read until Reborn and therefore um, Vince Based on the clues, was able to figure out who. I think, they, yeah, did. I think they telegraphed it. Now, Jason, not having read Superman in a while, but you're aware of the Superman. Well, I read the first few issues of both Action and Superman when we did Rebirth. 
Right, but big big but picture. I haven't kept you, up. You're aware of the Superman Rogues Gallery. Uh, well, of course. Okay. So if if um Lois Lane is is trailing Clark Kent and she sees him going to a convenient and all he buys are super sugary snacks. Who do you think that's going to be the villain? Who do you think Clark Kent would really be? He buys super sugary snacks far beyond the, the means of a of an average adult to, to to process. Who do you think it would be? I don't know. I knew it. Really? I, there's yeah, only I, one, there's I only one I, choice. No, but see, there kind of isn't because I never got the impression that 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 was that dude's diet. I mean, I'm not about to say it'd be the parasite. Are you going to say mix, mix his pit lick? Yeah. Yes. Okay. That's I mean, a, that would be a guess, but I don't know that. It's just that he's childish and... Right. Okay. And he's he's an imp from the fifth dimension, blah, blah, blah. Uh, you know, sugar is like the lifeblood. He's 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 all... So je- fake Clark Kent is Mixus Pitlick? Yeah. Yeah. So Mixus Pitlick can change his... his, his his form. Oh, he can. Yeah, he can do anything. Oh, yeah, yeah, because he's. Uh, yeah, is he he's kind of like Molecule Man? He can do whatever. No, he's he wants. more like he's more like Impossible Man. Right. Right. Oh, okay. Okay. And and because, um, the, the whole thing stems from the fact that Clark or Superman hasn't been paying attention to Mixus Pitalek. They used to have this thing where every what was it, David? Three days. months, ninety days. Every three yep. months. Mixes Pilik would show up, present Superman with a problem, he'd solve it. See you later. I'll be back in th- in three months. And and before before you go any further, and since I mentioned Impossible Man, Jason, back in the nineties when they had the weekly Superman books and Mike Carlin and everybody was involved, for the ninety days they, they kind of did it off panel, but for the ninety day whenever Superman banishes him back to the fifth dimension for those ninety days, they they implied that he was leaving and the fifth dimension was actually Marvel and he was going to go bother the uh, Fantastic Four as Impossible Man. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> Flat. Just, yeah, that's that. That's funny. <laughs> oh, <laughs> my <But> anyway. God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, that was supposed to be funny. All right, yeah, that's cute. So, so, anyway. so Sorry. <laughs> Mix, Mixit Spitalik has a, has a grudge. He's like, you, basically, it's like, you don't call me anymore and I'm pissed. So, Look what I did for you. I solved the problem of your alter ego. And you still don't care. You don't call. You don't write. You don't. I'm mad. And um, he starts erasing the stuff that happened to our Superman once he entered the New 52. Like, he takes Jonathan out of the picture. And that was the one scene... That I mean, they must they must be doing something right because Superman is holding Jonathan and he's starting to disappear. And Superman's like, "Just look at my eyes, look at my eyes." And he's like, "Dad, Dad, I don't want to go." I mean that that got me. That scene just it, it, it's it was huge. Did you feel the same way? I did. Yeah, it was a um, it it was pretty emotional and. Gleason's art was um, was pretty solid in in a lot of places here. Uh, yeah, it's, he exaggerates Jonathan a lot. Like he's he's especially a, the eyes. Yeah, very big eyes. But it, I'm not. You know, it's not to say it's bad. But Jason, the thing that he does as well is he also removes the memory of Jonathan from Lois's mind. Yeah, 
Yes. Mm-hmm. And that gets Clark re- – that gets Superman really mad. Um, mm-hmm. Basically, this whole arc is to take the new 52 Superman and the pre-Flashpoint Superman and jam them together. There's, there's I've heard that. I've heard people on the interweb say that this this is a cleverly constructed way to retcon everything back to the way that exactly. most – most old school fans want it to be right. the The new fifty two Superman and Lois Lane are represented by Red, and the pre Flashpoint Superman and Lois Lane are represented by Blue. So, at some point in the story, Jonathan is visited by these two red glowing orbs, and it's it's Lois and Clark, or Lois and Superman, and they help him out. And then the tables are switched, and the Lois. And Superman from the New 52 take prominence, and the, the Superman and Lois from pre-Flashpoint come back as glowing blue orbs and then ghost-like blue figures. But ultimately, it just jams the two timelines together. Everything that happened pre-Flashpoint is canon, and then everything that happened pr- uh, post-Flashpoint, New 52, is canon. And it just... it. I have to be totally honest. I enjoyed this story. It's the Superman Reborn aftermath issues that have me concerned because they're getting too meta. Did you read any of those? Days? Did you read Trinity? I didn't read Trinity. It's too meta. There's a there's a double page spread where multiple Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman are running towards the viewer, and it's just like all of these existences are valid now and legit and they all happened and these are all of us and we're 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 constructs manipulated by Ozymandias but they don't know his name yet and it's just like it it's it's the 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 writer taking prominence in the characters realizing that that's what they are they're they're manipulations of a creative individual somewhere removed from the their existence that's just directing all of their their uh, experiences and it's just it's too meta for Superman I think anyway I, I'm enjoying it but I enjoyed all of Reborn but it's the it's the uh, the aftermath issues that just they're starting to grate that the nudge nudge wink wink we realize that this is all just a fictional construct and the writer is Ozymandias and he's manipulating all this stuff it's just it's getting a little bit too heavy-handed, I think. The um, do you think so? The part that concerns me uh, are the cops. I'm well, not sure about. Obviously, um, Granddad isn't Bernard isn't what he seems. Well, uh, you had issues with him from the very beginning. You you were tuned into that guy from the get go. You didn't like him. Yeah, to, not so much the granddaughter. No, the grandfather. Was, yeah. Yes. Uh, and it's I, I, I'm guessing it's tied in with Bessie and the milk. And, and there's just certain things that it's it's. But yes, so she um and in uh, in Superman twenty one, um, twenty and twenty one, Batman and Damien stop by. Um, yeah. Apparently, Batman doesn't eat pie, and the. Uh, Batman 
whether he goes out to investigate, he, they, they wake up the next morning and, and, and he's not there. So Superman's going to go look for him. But Damien, of course, being Damien, he wants to go find his father. Um, and he's always having Jonathan tag along. Um, Why wouldn't basically, he? Basically, well, he's Superboy. Yeah, but so, so, so Damien's using him and, uh, just because that's the type of character he is. They end up, um, at the, the, there's a, the, the county fair. Um, huge octopus is, uh, is attacking everybody. The cop is like, okay, yeah, use your eye beams and blast them, Superboy. And he's like, no, my father doesn't want me, you know, to, to, to do any harm. Um, Superman tries to save everybody, but Superman kind of, he, he, he thinks he subdues the octopus with a giant Ferris wheel, or with the Ferris wheel. And, uh, he's like, alright, well that, that's that. And, and he's, he's tended to, and we'll have, um, Star Lab come and, and everything will be fine. But, the octopus lashes out and hurts some of the fairgoers. Uh, and the town kind of turns on Superman for a bit because Superboy's reaction was to blast the octopus and, uh, and stun it into submission. So Superboy kind of saves the day and, and the, the, the people of Hamilton County kind of Pray Superboy up a little bit while uh while, while not being too pleased with uh with Superman. Um Well it's because you know, this all ties into I don't know what issue it was, but remember it was right before the Eradicator entered the picture when Superman and John went to fight that big sea creature. Yes. The, yeah, it does this time. this is the same thing. Because there's a footnote, I think it's uh, like back in issue not 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 two or something, but it yeah, it might yeah. be three, right? Let me see. No, because three's Eradicator. No, issue two. Two. Okay. Yeah. And and as soon as I saw the squid or the giant octopus, I'm like, all right, this is the same damn thing that they encountered up in the Arctic with the with the glowing, you know, the green eye with the the, the digital crap going on around it. And it was basically a trial for Jonathan. This was him, you know, coming to. But to get back to the Cobbs, I don't think Grandpa's um, a bad influence. No, no I, I think he's because he's watching out for Jonathan. He, right, there's right. some Kryptonian thing going on with this guy. He's yes. either he's either a remnant of the the uh, the fortress, like one of one of the uh, the the the. Robot or the constructs. Well, the Eradicator became well. What 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 the Eradicator became from? Because yeah. he was originally back in the day was was one of those not servants, but yeah, he was basically the the walking library, letting right. He was going to tell Cal what Krypton was all about, and then went crazy and decided to turn Earth into. But but if you're reading between the lines here, and uh, um, amidst all the stuff that we're saying. The the gist is the Superman books are great again. Yeah, they are. Yes, if, yeah, that's that's the takeaway. After all this, the ups and downs, whatever we weren't thrilled with, um, it it's it doesn't come close to all the the really good things about. The yeah, Superman books. my expectations for these books have been far exceeded. 
I could not have hoped that the Superman books would be this good. My fear is in Superwoman and Super Sons and all of the secondary books with the Superman Reborn aftermath. Like this is – it's in every one of the super titles now. See, now I'm I'm way behind on Trinity. I'm behind on Superwoman, and I have the third issue of Super Sons, which I'll probably read after Red Yeah, Rank. Trinity was kind of a letdown because, I mean, initially I, th- it, I thought it had a very strong start, but that story that um, – Jesus. Holy mackerel. Holy Andy. shit. I thought I, – I actually thought I, I had my finger on the mute button, and I thought I pressed it. Oh, my God. I didn't know I was right under the microphone. I'm peeing, brother. But the uh, the first arc of Trinity, which was uh, done by – let me get the credits here. Oh, and they're at the end of the issue. Wouldn't, wouldn't you know it? Um, Manipul. Uh, Francis Manipul did the yeah. art and the cover. And th- This story is basically whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow. It's just a, it's just a, a reworking of that story. Yeah, it's poison ivy in the place of the the alien plant thing, but it's basically the same story, you know. It is. Oh, I see. Okay, imitation is the uh, the man who has everything. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. What did I say? Whatever happened to the man of tomorrow? No, no, no. For the man who has everything, it's it's. I I know what you meant. It's essentially the same story. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing that that it's, I'm just a little worried that they're going to milk this Superman Reborn thing into all of the secondary titles, and it, I, I don't really think it needs to be done because they, if you remember that they mentioned the Red Energy when the New Fifty Two Superman with Kablooey, oh look, the Red Energy goes into Lana, and it's like yeah, because you have a whole book of that over in Superwoman, you know, it's just like. They're they're trying too a little too hard to link all of the books. That if you read Superman, you read Action. Well, you know you got to read New Superman and Superwoman. And okay, it's a business. I get it, but I don't think that this story. Uh, I'm contradicting myself. The story, the Superman Reborn, is big enough where it would spill into the other titles. But I being selfish, and I don't want to see it spill into the other titles. I want that to be uh. a, a Superman Action thing. Right, because they're great. Those books are they're so good. I mean, it's and and they're. I tend to think that Superman and Action kind of go more hand that 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 they're they're more of a one two punch than Batman and Detective. Yeah, they are. They're those are two. I mean, yes, it's the starring. They may be starring the same character as the lead, but they um, you really can't. You can read Superman. And action, and, and and it goes back to the Triangle days where it just carried over and, and everything made sense. But where you really can't pick up Batman 21 and then the next issue of Detective and it's it's the same timeline or the same – it's – Superman and action are kind of happening. It's just an extension of a day whereas, you know, Batman's on a Monday and Detective Comics is happening on, on a Wednesday. There's no real um, – Connection between the two. Right. The, if, um, if I was editorial at DC, I would issue a mandate where there cannot be an issue of Superman or Action, Batman or Detective or Wonder Woman 
without Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman appearing at least for – it has to be um, maybe a page, maybe a half page, but they should touch base every friggin' issue because the thing that was so successful in the Silver Age for Marvel was their universe was so cross-pollinated. You would read Fantastic Four and you would see Spider-Man swinging in the background, Right. If you mm-hmm. if you want to hammer home that Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman are the big three, the Avengers of the DC universe, you better have them in you know connect every issue just to remind people that these characters are always together. They are they are the they're the Trinity. They're the big the big guns of the yep. DC universe. They should always be represented in each other's books. Do you, do you think that's a good idea or bad, Jason or David? I, I don't know that I'm ideally qualified to weigh in there with any strong opinion because I've read so little of the Trinity over the years. So Okay, but now with Super Sons, Superman and Batman are linked stronger than ever before. Their, their children are picking up the reins and doing what they do. So... The legacy with this new DC stuff is very strong, and I, right. I love that. But I think, and I think that's a great start. That you know, you got Superman and Batman in Super Sons. You got Jonathan and Damian appearing in both Superman and the you know the Bat books. Like, keep that up. Get the, you need to cross pollinate because that's what Marvel has. I think over DC is that all the books are connected. I mean, for for better or worse, you get the whole picture in in a lot of the Marvel books. Where in DC, you're just get, getting like a shard of Superman, a little bit of Batman. But now they're they're making this push where everything is friggin' connected, and that that could work against them too. I'm just playing devil's advocate. I like it, but for some readers, maybe seeing Superman pop up in Batman is not exactly a good thing. Well, I'm. I don't understand how it could be not good, but you know. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, an old world's finest fan, and I, I think I, I like the. There, we had we had a good chunk of time uh, where they were. No, Batman created Brother Eye. Batman had an out. He he had right. he had a re, he had a way to take every person off the playing board so if if he was just he was more anti-superman than just the other side of the coin and and now that we actually have a a batman and a superman who uh are more like they're more respectful of each other yeah i mean they're not they're not the brothers they were in, in in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, but they they're they're not as um, leery of each other as, yeah, as they I, have. I think they're getting there, though. Yes, and yeah, it's, I think, it's, I mean, it's, it's Damien it's, and Jonathan that are cementing their relationship. It's not. I mean, they're not trying super hard to connect, but they can't help it because their kids are connecting. Right. So and the it, children are teaching the adults. And, and you're not really going to erase all the years of of Snyder or the Morrison stuff. So so Batman is still going to um, 
be stoic and and not smile and and well, yeah. give that attitude. But uh, he's he'll still send him a Christmas card though. <laughs> he may Bruce be make sure Bruce. Yeah, he may be a dick, but Clark is still going to get that Christmas card, right? Um, but speaking of, so then um, finish the I am Bane storyline and issue twenty one of Batman. Uh, won't spoil too much for Vince. Um, That's okay. Is the button and and the button brings you back to um, a couple months ago, ten or so. Um, the button. Not even that. Not even. Yeah. Maybe, no, it hasn't been it, six months or so. Um, when when rebirth happened, and Wally West. It's been more than six months. Yeah, this is what it was like August, right? Was it August? Well, you figure twenty one issues this of is Batman. Twenty one. Twenty one. Double so, shipped. So it's double shipped. It's a year at least. Uh, at least because it's double shipped. Well, two a right. month. And it's only four would be double shipped. So right. a year. So it'd be ten, eleven months. Yeah, so close to a year. Wow. Yeah. It felt like August. Dude, I, I suck. I suck at math, and I even got that. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm looking, but I'm thinking it's like it's like we didn't rebirth didn't happen. It, it's it's making no sense to me. That, that's uh, yes, the math <laughs> is there, but I'm like rebirth happened. <laughs> did rebirth happen in the summer or at the end of the summer? Anyway, um, the hell of a ride. One issues of Batman, and before that first issue, we got the button, and that was when Wally returns, kicking off the rebirth, and and um, May twenty fifth. Jesus Christ! Yeah, hey. Come on. That's not <laughs> I honestly thought it was way later. So here we are almost a year later. Yeah. And because uh, we double ship and we're almost at number 24. And <laughs> the uh, the button was the, the comedian's button complete with the blood because never been wiped off. You have it sticking in the bat cave wall. And um, you can't wipe the blood off. You well, can't, now you can't. can't. No. not. Because the blood, no is, the blood is a metaphor. You can't wipe it off. It's <laughs> a lot of metaphors. Um, <laughs> these variant covers kind of got to go, though. I am not. Oh yeah, to Sale is just like he's on, he's on the pot. And it's mm. a tangent because Flash <laughs> has a uh, has a lightning penis on this cover. He does. Uh, well, <laughs> it, it, it actually that that could be a, a light lightning clitoris too. You never know. Uh, well, yeah. Well, as, as thick as it is, um, but in the, on the first couple pages. Uh, Vince should be happy because there's uh, I know. That, that Arkham resident. I know, right? Uh, kind of wigs out a bit. Um, I think they're going to cram Legion down our throats, and I am all for it. Um, biggest biggest piece of fiction, though, I think, in this issue uh, was a hockey player named after a black dude because I don't see that happening. Um, yeah. There was a... Uh, it, it's a. I want. It's a quick issue. Um, it's. But if you notice, what are they doing in this issue? There's a calculated pla- yes. placement of panels. Right. In this. Oh issue. yeah, no, they're they're they're, they're utilizing the fuck out of the nine panel grid. Yeah. Um, and it all works because of the countdown. Because Batman calls Barry, and and Barry's like, "Listen, I got to take care of this. I'll be there in a minute." And so we're getting, um, you know, second by second, 
of of this of this fight, um, kind of a one sided fight between Batman and um, one of Flash's rogues. Um, <laughs> you're one of them. I am. I am. It's it's okay. Would you so say it's it's the Flash Rogue at this point? Yes, it's Reverse Flash. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 Eobarthon who um who who shows up in the Batcave and apparently he is from the uh, the Flashpoint universe where Thomas Wayne was Batman because Eobard and Thomas, or at least yeah, they they, they knew each other. Or at least the knew who, who Thomas was. Um, so good. Finds the letter that uh, notices the letter that Thomas wrote to his son that that Barry could give to Bruce. Um, read it and then rips it up. Mm. Rips up Bruce's letter from the father he never knew, and he is um, he's pissed. He is extremely pissed. He's so pissed that he tells him to get out of my cave. <laughs> just, just, just leave. Just go. <laughs> Look what you did. So, so, <laughs> forget. So you forget. This Persian. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. He's, he's told to leave. Doesn't leave. Keeps fucking with him. Uh, Batman being Batman. Gets the upper hand for a few seconds or a few panels, same difference. Um, That's awesome, though. If you have a guy that can move really fast, yep. what do you, what do you do? Yeah, pin, pin his damn foot to the floor. Yep. Um. So that uh, so he's like, listen, you know, I'll um. You, Reverse Flash tells Batman, "You can't win. You have to know this. You cannot win." And Batman says, "I don't need to win." I just need 11 seconds because that's, you have 11 more seconds because Barry said, give me a minute. Um, oh, so and funny. he, uh, they, they, they keep fighting. We're past the minute and, um, Batman is, uh, is knocked out, uh, pretty severely. Uh, knocked the fuck out. <laughs> and 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 so Reverse Flash finds the button, disappears, just disappears off the panel. Um, a few seconds go by. He comes back yeah. and says that he saw. But while he's saying he saw God, half his face is burned off. Um, he is. He, I'm telling you, that's a Zappa reference. He God, is, God, I saw God. That is from uh, Lumpy Gravy. I gotta I talk to Tom. I, I can see Tom doing that. Uh, oh, that must be the CK influence. I don't, I don't think Tom's using Zappa and Batman, but okay. Why, why do you say that in such a derogatory tone? <laughs> I'm not saying it in a derogatory tone. No, yeah, you did. There was revulsion in every, I don't no, think. Was, it, was, yeah. it was matter of fact. It was, okay. you, are, you are unfairly besmirching my character, sir. Okay. Um, so, so Reverse Flash shows up, falls to the ground while that's happening. Uh, Barry shows up because he was trying to. Um, there was a there was a hockey fight happening at the beginning of the issue, um, where our long lost Legionnaire knew 
something bad was going to happen at this hockey game. Someone was going to die. Um, so Flash stopped by the stadium to see if he could lend a hand, then comes to the Batcave, um, hoping he's not too late, only to find Batman laid out and um, kind of uh, the skeletal remains of Reverse Flash lying on the Batcave yeah, floor. he's messed up. And uh, we are continued in the Flash number 21 on sale in stores next week. Yeah. It's smart to link Flash and uh, Batman. I'm sure that Flash doesn't sell as much as Batman. Can you unpack that for me? What do you mean? What, well, I'm asking what do you mean by that? What I mean by that is in terms of sheer numbers – Elevating Flash for two months or three months or whatever. Oh, you were speaking purely commercially. Yeah, Good just in, in commercial okay. terms. I thought you yeah, meant it's pretty based smart. On their histories or but, something like but that. But no, it is it is very smart considering that the whole Wally Barry thing with the button, it needs to Flash needs to be a part of the storyline. So yes, it works in terms of the the creative aspect, but it also works really well if you're telling this story and you got to go read Flash. Who's not going to read Flash after this issue? Right. Uh, sure. I, 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 I am. Yeah, I, I know he's our buddy, and and we do a lot of glad handing when it when it's our friends. But Tom is he's he's on the precipice of greatness with this thing. He's hit. He's hitting it. We didn't. Um, since we talked about the the button, I, I hadn't read the end of the Bane arc until today as well uh and i thought it was dope i yeah i don't have a lot of history with bane uh i read the backbreaking stuff and a couple appearances here or there i guess i saw him more in um gail simone's book uh, mm. the oh uh, Sim- uh secret six yeah secret six but i thought the end where bane is going through arkham trying to get to batman and he is taking out Soup Batman's rogues gallery one by one and entering the 36 chamber style where each room there's a new villain ready for him. And somehow they all have their stuff again, but I'll put that to the side. And Bane makes mincemeat out of everybody. Everybody. Scarecrow yeah. is different. You just, you name it. There's just page after page of different Batman rogues getting taken down by Bane as he's yeah. on his that unstoppable was, quest that to, was get to Batman. 36 chambers done right. In, in, in no in in uh, counter no, I, counter yes. the st- stinking iron fist that the RZA now, did this I was, that I was two and a half chambers done wrong yeah, the the one point five chambers of <laughs> I, I was I was amused by how long it took Bane to get through some of the inmates of Arkham. Um, because you do have a clock. There is a, there is a count because, because it's taking all night. He, he starts like evening the night before. Um, it's, uh, it's 12 a.m. It starts and it goes through until, uh, most of the next day. It's, mm-hmm. it's, but it's, you know, there, there's some, I love the fact that, you know, we see Black Spider again. Um, yeah. You know, he takes on Man Bat at 102, 
And then he comes across as at 2.43 in the afternoon. And then I, however long that took, he takes on Mad Hatter just about 4.30. So I, I, I'm guessing it takes a while to, he's, he's, maybe he's resting, maybe, you know, I don't think, I don't think the Mad Hatter is going to, you know, last 90 minutes against Bain, but for what I, but so I absolutely love when we see, cause it's not, he's not just, and that's, if, if it's all happening, if there's six panels on a page, and he, it's just Bane versus six separate dudes. If you're reading that panel borders and all, you just think he's just going through them lickety split. But the fact that, that, that Tom is telling is, is giving us a time, a, a clock, uh, it, it, it paces it more deliberately. And, and, and by the time Bane gets to Batman, you know how long it's been, how long he's been right to get well, here. It just adds to it. And Dap, it's, it's, it's that, arc was written, that issue was written like a professional wrestling booking where they you know because it's scripted that the good guy is going to win in the end, we, just like we knew that Batman was going to take take out Bane we knew that was going to happen but because they have other plans for the heel, they have it be such a thing where the good guy is going to win and you knew you, he knew you, you knew he was but he's going to win in a a way that uh, with through Doesn't interference or weak. through some kind of disqualification where the, the loser of the match still looks good by design. And that's what happened here. Yes. Tom made Bane look nearly in, impossible. And one can conclude that Tom's saying that Batman himself knew that in a straight Bane versus Batman, Batman wasn't winning. So Batman had to set it up where Bane had to go through dozens of superpowered villains over a multi-day period before he faced him to give him a shot at taking out Bane. Right. And that says a lot about both what Tom and by proxy Bruce think of Bane as a threat. Agreed. Absolutely. Right. There's no doubt. Um, and it ties back to the first issue of this, of, of, of Tom's Batman where, you know, Bruce is riding a plane and it's, it, they're, Everything, the whole re- and, and Batman's explaining the Bane why he needed Psycho Pirate, why he did what he did, and and it all it it just it was a great, um, it, it it's been an amazing. I was going to say twenty issues, but we had the Night of the Monster and crossover. It, what Tom did from start, where, where he started with the series and 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 his Batman issues, um, leading to this, it's. It's been a fantastic ride, and and mm-hmm. I, and obviously the button is now right. uh, the start of something new. It's it's I'm not gonna say it's a new direction, but you know the Bane stuff and the whole Psycho Pirate and the Gotham that that seems to be the first act of of Tom's Batman story. But um, I am Bane was was a hell of a conclusion, and and like Jason said, since they they're gonna keep Bane strong because Bane's creators are coming back to uh, do a Bane book. Um, so it's not like you could take him off the board. Um, yeah, it's pretty hard. Yeah. So it's, it's, and, and this, the, the story ends with, with Bruce talking to, to his mother. So, um, it was, uh, mother, do you want to bang heads with me? Wow. A, uh, right? Actually, a Danzig, Danzig reference. Shocking, all, all grown up. 
But I am uh, a Renaissance man. Oh man, what was it? I think it was the Joker that said to Batman that something about your entire life you're just trying to stop two bullets. That's great. I yeah. want to say you're right. Yeah. That's great. I forgot where I read that. But it well, was, and it the was other thing that's too. wonderful. That's a great. That's a great line. But the other thing that Tom does so wonderfully is that I think so many real life villains often think they're not villains. They think they're oh, absolutely. They're, and that's Bane. And there are moments in this arc where you you take a minute and say, maybe he's right. I'm, that that moment where Bane says, "I would have left you all alone. All I I was fine. I I, I didn't want anything. All I needed was the pirate to help me with my headaches." And I'm thinking, why didn't he just let him keep the pirate? I mean, he was he off the grid. No, I know, but he was off the grid. I mean, in, yeah. in, in in Bane's mind, he had cleansed himself of the venom. He was a ruler of a nation, uh, a sovereign nation, like Doom, and was was not about that life anymore. And and they forced, Batman forced him back into this life. I, I kind of, I agree with you, because I'm sure if Bruce confronted Bane and said, all right, you have the pirate. Possession is nine tenths of the law. Great. I have this Gotham girl who really needs the pirate. Can we work something out where I can come maybe twice a week just to give her some treatment? Like, keep the pirate. Just share him with me for a little while. Like, we can make this work. They they could have come to an understanding, but Bruce just comes in and takes the pirate. I need the right. pirate. And it's I'm a very selfish the pirate. thing on yeah. Batman's part. Yeah. Batman's guilt and sense of responsibility for Gotham Girl leads him to, in essence, awaken the beast back well, into the world. Right. Well, that's what it all is. It's guilt. Right. That's the, but that's a very selfish thing. Again, that's a decision that probably a rational person, and Bruce is nothing if not rational generally, shouldn't have made. You right. should be more calculating than that. Right. The repercussions far exceed the the, the uh, spoils of just taking the the psycho pirate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, all these wrinkles—that's what Tom is great at. Very, very good at the layers. Yep. His head's big enough, though. Can we stop talking about him? I, right, yeah. it's freaking Tom. It just yeah. boggles my mind how good he is. It's weird. We got to stop. Uh, You're right. I I I, sh- I had second thoughts about using his picture in the Artist Alley article this week because. I thought, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> but it was, the, it was the first picture I found in my photos of uh, someone at Artist Alley signing a, a comic. So there you go. Should have used Kaziki's photo. Now, Dap. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Dap, you and I, and this is the part where Vince is quiet, Yep. read the first five issues. Can you say Motor Girl? Of Mr. Terry Moore's newest comic, Motor Girl. Yeah, I'm done. Go ahead. He's tapping out. So, I'm pretty sure. Did you finish Rachel Rising? No, not yet. Did you read Echo to its completion? Nope. Okay. And I know you've not read the last issue of. of I haven't read. I've read a few pages of Strangers in Paris. Oh, Renee's read most of it, though, right? Yes. Yeah, she's read everything but the last trade. Do you come off as a bigger 
Terry Moore fan, then your reading history would actually suggest. You're absolutely right. Right. right? You are absolutely right about that. <laughs> I have I have the complete I have the complete echo sitting right here next to the bed. I have almost all of Rachel Rising thanks to Comicsology, and I haven't finished either. Um, but I absolutely love the man's work, and and I think he is a a, uh, a fantastic artist, and I that he really enjoy stories he tells um I, it, and it's just it, it's little things that just I, I i'm absolutely little things like when women talk they're in the traditional rounded word balloons but when a man speaks it's in a squared off more dunesbury-esque word balloon and um i like that because if someone's talking off panel you kind of know who it might be, or at least what the gender is. And, right. uh, there, uh, but, the, the attitudes and, and the, uh, the personality he gives the characters, um, and Robin as well, his wife, they, uh, it, it's, you, you don't, it, it's, it's not, they're not empty calories. You're not, you're not just reading it and then putting it down and, and, and forget, they don't, they don't just live on on this page and and you forget about them. There, you, you're kind of all of his characters. You, you tend to they they live long after you could. Oh yeah, I read Rachel Rising, and you can talk about uh, someone will talk about some of the characters from Echo. They'll talk about Francine, or they'll talk about Couture. Now they'll talk about Libby. They're they're just and 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 they're he he does something with his characters that that I think very few. Uh, your creators can accomplish. Right, right. Now, Vince, I know you have issues with Terry Moore. I, I never understand that, but I know you do. It's fine. Uh, I, I, I think this, this book is, it's clever in that when it was pitched and that first cover comic, that first cover art image is of the, the lead character, uh, Samantha with her, Buddy, a giant uh, gorilla, um, and it certainly evoked Art Adams to me at first. Um, and yeah, and and now the interesting thing here is that we very quickly realized that it all is not what it seems. The gorilla is a figment of Samantha's imagination. Yeah. Samantha is a mechanic at a. Um, Scrapyard. A scrap, thank you, on a scrapyard, um, uh, way out in the desert, and she's a loner by design. She is a military veteran of great accomplishments, serving three tours of duty, uh, and she, by her own admission, came back from that very fucked up. She's got crazy PTSD to the point where she's deeply mentally ill, and she has this gorilla that is her best friend, and so, in essence, she fully, almost, almost, I guess, in essence, being paranoid, schizophrenic or something, she, she, or psych, psychotic, she sees him as a real thing and speaks to him and, and interacts with him all day long, but she is aware that, that he is in her mind. She, she does know that. She, she's, she's not completely oblivious to the fact that she sees things that shouldn't, that she shouldn't see. Uh, she has uh, another advocate in the older woman who owns the junkyard and is her partner. 
And the first arc is essentially about getting to know her, as well as the fact that there is a nefarious industrialist who is looking to pay an exorbitant amount to buy the scrapyard from the older woman. And it's a lot of money. They don't put an actual number behind it, but it's a tremendous amount of money. And the older woman keeps asking Samantha, do you want to, do you, should I sell? And Samantha says, it's up to you. But the woman is reluctant because she is not sure if Samantha is capable of functioning in the real world and open society. So she's, she's, she's sitting on her, her hands rather than making the decision. And as is often the case in this type of story arc, the, the big, the big bad, the, the buyer is, is, is getting more impatient and starts trying to put some pressure on her to sell. Uh, which is where we see that Rebecca is in fact a, I mean rather Samantha is in fact a total badass. She, she makes quick work of the, of the, of the, of the bullies that come to try and force a sale. Now the twist here, and I'm not quite sure where we're going with it, we know very quickly that the gorilla is a figment. That's, that's not up for, for debate. That, that the gorilla does not exist. But, Samantha also starts seeing aliens, UFOs landing, and she goes to the point where she's repairing the, the UFO, and she's interacting with a, a number of aliens that look a little bit like the Great Gazoo. They're, they're yeah. little cute aliens. They're 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 almost too cute. If I have a criticism of the book so far, is that Terry drew them to be very cute, um, and it's odd to me. I, I don't because the book doesn't feel comedic or cute in that regard, but but right. no matter what, she sees the, the aliens are depicted as these cute little guys that befriend her and, and come to trust her, and she essentially becomes their go-to mechanic. And we're not, well, at least until perhaps the end of the arc, we're not sure whether this is another figment of her imagination or whether they're real. And by the way, she is not sure if they're real or a figment of her imagination. Now, David, what do you think? Do you think that we saw enough in that last issue to to make a definitive conclusion? I think the reason they're cute is, and I'm trying to find where I was led to believe that. I believe that the reason we see them as cute is because she sees them. I believe the aliens appear... I do believe the aliens exist because Brodus Clay over here, his his brother-in-law got zapped away. So we know so, right. unless unless he just walked away from the desert in the middle of nowhere, but he was picked up by an alien. I think the aliens look like how the person who sees them wants to see them. So I think they look cartoony and Martian Kazooie to her but I don't think they would look that way. I think they would look menacing to someone else thinking okay. that they are here to harm us. Um, the, uh, it's, it's, it's very apparent that the, um, it, when I read it the first, the first issue the first time, I read it quickly and I thought when Libby showed up to see Sam and she asked for something to drink that, not that, Mike gave her the, gave Libby the drink, but that she, she was talking, she was obviously talking to Sam, but I thought she, she phrased it in a way that she was kind of having, you know, she was telling Mike, talk some sense into your girl. And, and obviously that isn't what happened because as, as they're walking through the living room, 
and Sam is talking to Mike when, and he's sitting in a chair when Sam turns to talk to Libby, we see the living room again and the chair is empty. And then it, and then obvious, it's way more apparent. It really, you really know that it's all in her mind when she's at, in, in the, um, in the hospital room and talking to the doctor. And, um, but yeah, I mean, between, um, I, I, I wish I could see the page I, I'm thinking of with, with, with the aliens, but, um, I, it, 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 it's very, I can't imagine that the aliens don't exist because first of all, when, when, um, is it, who's, is, is the big dude Larry or is it, um, or was Larry the one that was taken? No, Larry's the big dude sitting in the, um, sitting in, um, uh, the, Larry is the one who is missing. When, Larry was taken, if that was all in Sam's head, then she wouldn't see the big dude. Like, we wouldn't have seen that part of, we wouldn't have seen Larry get zapped away because she didn't see it. So that all happened right, without I agree her being I think that's right. I, I, I think the aliens are real. Right. Because they did capture Larry and they did it in a scene that was completely off panel from anything involving her. And... And this, and, and the big bad, the, the, the person who wants to buy the, the scrapyard, uh, he is obviously aware of things beyond our planet. So, um, he knows there's life out there and it's, it, for him to go through all this, I don't think the aliens would just be, uh, a figment of, of anyone's mm-hmm. imagination. So, um, yeah, I, I, it's, I think, you know, when, when he, um, when he goes to lunge at her and she does the whole thing through her head and, and, uh, she, um, she ends up knocking him the fuck out. Uh, it was, um, yeah, she is, she's, she's been fucked with and she has, uh, she's definitely not all there. Um, well, that's a given. I mean, yeah. She's, and she's aware of it. She is. She's definitely aware of it. Libby is aware of it. Libby is trying to, yeah, Libby knows that the scrapyard is good for her. Good for Sam, but, um, knows it's not the best thing for Sam. So she's, she, she's looking out for her as well. Um, and I, and I noticed in the, the back of the second or third issue that there's a slight strangers in paradise connection because Libby is actually, is it Francine's aunt? But she's, um, or could choose, but she's, she's, she appeared in Strangers in Paradise. So, um, the, 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 you, the characters, the stories that are, are, are somewhat, um, connected. The, uh, I'm, I'm going to keep reading it. I, I would love to say that this is going to be the one that I, you know, finish as it comes out and, and I don't let this pile up and then it's just another Terry Moore series I didn't finish. Um, I do want to finish Rachel Rising though because I, I I love the hell out of it for the first dozen plus issues, so I, I need to finish it. Um, but this was and this I don't want to say this it, it doesn't look rushed. It just it does and it doesn't look unfinished. It's not as um it's not as detailed or uh, right. I would say he's it would be a misnomer to say he's working more loosely 
But you are right in that he, there are fewer lines on each page. Yeah. And from what I can tell, that is by design. He does yeah. try and tweak his style a bit with each series so that they stand on their own visually. And I think this one is the simplest of the of the four of his series so far. I will say that uh, I'm with you. I'll keep going because Terry's earned that from me. But I, 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 I'm not enamored completely with the story so far. I feel like the whole we have property on an area 51 and big bad wants it. And we're going to try and force you out. I feel like a lot of that has been done before. Now, granted the PTSD angle and the visions angle is, is, is the hook. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm five issues in it's, it's, it's the, I'm, I'm not pulled in like a tractor beam as I have been with echo, Rachel rising and strangers in paradise. Uh, but I also haven't disliked it, so I'll keep going. But it's it's it hasn't fully hooked me yet because uh, I'm not quite sure where we're, I'm not quite sure what the story is yet. Mm-hmm. I got you. J- just the aliens. I, 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 it, it, but for some reason, it bothers me that they're so cutesy. Oh, uh, I'm know. with you. I am absolutely right. with you. I, I saw them and I'm like, that's not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not really. Um, totally not sold on them. But we we shall we we shall see. Yeah, I'm gonna find that that the page where I I, I honestly thought that um that, that they gave me the impression that because uh, I think did someone say a description of one? I'll I'll find it. it it's been five issues. I'll definitely find it. Um, the uh, but I mean the 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 less detail style works because it, because of the setting you're out in the desert. There's not That's really true. a detail you're going to find out there. And, and scrap guard, I mean, you can make, you can make a mess of metal and everything. That's that. That's not difficult. So it's, it's, um, yeah, it, it, it's not as tech heavy as echo was. It's not as, uh, as, as Gothic as, uh, Rachel rising was. So it, it's, it, he's, He's changing up his style to to suit the environment, and it's it's it works. And Vince will love it. Back to you, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> what do I have for you? You got something that you told us to read? What did From I tell you? Hill. Oh, about a, boy, a strange planet. The urge to step out of boundaries and explore to fly to ascend. Well, I guess I'm doing that then, huh? Uh, to, David is uh, describing. Let me get it up here. Yeah, get it up. Because uh, <laughs> we were uh, very fortunate to be given a preview copy of Avery Hill's Goat Herded, one word, Goat Herded, by Chalo Fraud. And it's, um, it's an, it's an exercise in minimalism, I think. It's a very, um, it's a unique work. That, that's not saying much. What, what exactly is it? It's, when, when we first, we see the creation of a universe when this thing opens up. You have a could be a sun. Uh, it's it's very expressionistic, and all these things converge into a planet, and we're 
shown a human form inside of a cube. It's very strange. Uh, and the landscape is, is fairly barren. There's, there's many different landscapes in this thing, but wherever a human is imprisoned in this cube, there appears to be a flower within the vicinity. Did you notice that? Yes. Okay. Um, and, and one human being, they're naked within the cube. They are. It's, it's like a gelatinous cube. Uh, one, one human being, redheaded man, is getting his bearings. He's looking at his surroundings and he sees, uh, all these flowers and he sees the sun and he presses against the, 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 the boundaries of the cube and, uh, he presses a little bit too hard because he gets removed from the cube. And when he exits the cube, the cube dissolves into a puddle of pinkish liquid. Uh, and uh, he's greeted by someone. And this is the only nit I have to pick mm. with this with this issue. Um, the type is horrible. It is. It's it a, is. it's in all caps. It's just like somebody just. All right, we have to do uh, dialogue boxes. What do we have? Well, we have this sans serif font. That's the first thing that come up <laughs> in our list of, list of fonts. Let's use this. All right, we'll use that. Um, but the, the the font is is not great. But and and it's it it pains me because the art is beautiful. The, this. Uh, book could have been published by picture box this would have been perfect in the picture box library i don't know who chalo fraud or uh, fod is but i after this issue i want to know more um and it, it's just a once the the human emerges from the cube he is shown um Various aspects of the landscape and the, um, it's, a, it's a journey. And like David said, it's, it's removing yourself from constraints. And I don't want to get too far into it because I think this is a book better, um, experienced than described. The language fails in, in actually describing a lot of what's going on here. It, 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 you will feel this thing on a level that, that, um, language can't approximate am i right david you are right it's uh yeah it, it's i know that um as evidenced by tonight's episode we can go into great detail on on just about any book um but this and and i can be deliberately vague i can Try to. I think we also try to entice people so that they can consume it and enjoy it for themselves and get read it without us painting the picture for them. This is one of those books where it doesn't matter what Vince says, right? Um, it's not going to get across. It's, it's it, you're definitely not going to just hear his words and and picture it. And you you need to. Read this on your own. 
and it, it's not so much reading, right? You, no, it, you're right. Yeah, I don't mean read in the traditional sense. It's you need to witness it. It's something that you need to actually um, consume yourself. Right, because I could say, all right, he encounters these goat horn headed dudes who put him on an altar, and he's part of a some kind of a. Um, a ritual and what's with the dude drinking the soda? Yeah, but, like and, the and cherry cola soda. It's like well, that, this is all they had at the store. Like, man. It, it's, it's a it's a ritual, but they all bring ceremonial drinks to the altar, and one has cherry cola, the other one has spirit zero, <laughs> because he's on a no carb diet. Yeah, uh, it's just it's strange, but but the thing that manifests from their ritual and they have to drink the soda and spit it on 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 the the red-headed boy and the thing that emerges from him is this inky creature yeah it is very much a johnny ryan but the uh the uh, the leader of the the ceremonial magic he's got something going on that goes a little bit deeper a little bit. A little bit, because he's fetishing over this comatose naked boys. Um and then, then the body's lifted off the altar and it's dissolved and it's transmogrified into something else. It's it's a, it's a it's not a book that lends itself well to language. That's all I could say. Um you just need to read Goat Herded. You need this like David said, you need to experience Goat Herded because it's 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 an art object on the one hand, and it's a, there's, there is a narrative here, but it's 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 the combination of the two. It's the story and the pictures that um, will will minus the font will, will lead you to some kind of conclusion that probably won't be anywhere near the conclusion of anyone else that read this. That's the the, the good thing about this book is that you can interpret whatever's going on here in a multitude of different of ways. I thought this was great. Like I had not heard of every hill at all right. before this. And they gave us two uh, previews to check out. The other one was Ghosts, Etc. by um, George uh, Wylisol. I won't get into that because I want to go deep on that next week. But pencil in. Avery Press on your your list of publishers because I think they're one to watch. Like I said, both of these books, Ghosts, etc., and uh, Goat Herded, would have been perfectly comfortable in the Picture Box Library. That is huge. Yeah, that's yeah. huge praise coming from me. I'd agree with that because Picture Box is pretty much untouchable in in my estimation, and these these would just. Seg into that uh, library seamlessly. I, I love this book. I can't tell you what it was about. Can you? Well, nothing amazing <laughs> happens here, so it's the the last two panels, man. It's like everything that happens, and then you get spit out, and ooh, look at all that smoke. It's just it, that that kind of just there's a futility to it, right? Yeah, that that all the experiences this 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 being has 
where he merges into the landscape, he experiences it firsthand, and then he's just manipulated, mangled, discombobulated, and just spit out, like David said. So, yeah, it's, yeah again, word, words fail. Just just read this thing. Yes. Yeah. Do it. It's it's a very singular experience. I don't think I've read uh, anything within recent memory that approximates what's going on here. There you go. Ah, is, is that a glowing recommendation? I say yeah, because it's different. Different is good. Different is different is good. Yeah. Well, you, you, if you if you uh, subsist on a steady diet of Captain Crunch and somebody throws. You know something uh, filet mignon in your way. You're going to be like, "Wow, this is in in my my litany of experiences. This is very different than everything that I've come to know." And so that's what's good about this. I just can't interpret. I can't pretend to interpret what's going on here for anyone other than myself. Again, that's what makes this issue good, and it's called Goat Herded. Uh, once again, the writer artist is Chalo Fad. F F R A D E. Chalo Fad. Uh, Avery Hill Publishing. Look it up. It's it's pretty amazing. But that's. I'm glad David forced me to talk about this because um, I pushed him to read it. Uh, but it wasn't what I wanted to uh, to talk about. No, what was that? I I have been increasingly enamored with the stuff that IDW is doing with the Walt Disney characters. I kind of held back initially because I thought, all right, this is going to be a, a quick flash in the pan, like boom, you know, we're going to see it for a couple year year uh, or two. And then it'll go away and another another publishing house will get the rights to Disney characters. But the stuff that's coming out of IDW, as far as the Disney characters, is amazing. Have you guys been keeping up on it? Jason, I know no. you buy them for your kids, right? No, no. Oh, you don't anymore? No. Well, I'm not reading them, so. Okay. Um, package them up, send them to me. But um, <laughs> I... Talked about uh, a couple episodes, a bunch of episodes ago, the persistence of Mickey, that uh, story where Walt Disney uh, encounters Salvador Dali, and they they uh, come to terms with a, a movie, an animated film that they're making called uh, Destiny or Destino, and uh, I went on at length about it. It's a great little story, just to refresh everyone's memory. I want to give the creators credit. It was uh, written by Roberto Gagnor, the art by Giorgio Cavazzano, and the inker is Sandro Zemon. Of course, it's from, it's the Italian uh, Disney characters, but this trade paperback contains the persistence of Mickey. It's actually the cover story, but it's not only the Italians. You get some Dutch you get um, the uh, Danish Disney characters and Finnish and Norwegian. So it's uh, it's there's there's no 
um, contempt uh, United. There's no state side creators in this issue, with the exception of a reprint, um, a Lady and the Tramp. It's, yeah, Lady and the Tramp uh, reprint. Uh, they're all foreign. There's a story in here that was written and drawn by Andrea Casti Castellan and colored by Digicore Studios with Nicole and Travis Seitler. It's called Night of the Living Text. And it features Mickey and Goofy. And what it is, is it, it plays with the, the conventions of comics. Goofy has a bunch of, uh, he has a comic collection in his attic. And he, he calls upon Mickey to help him organize his comics because he's got a lot of them. And the things that attack Mickey and Goofy are caption boxes. It's crazy. Uh, Mickey gets uh, knocked out. Uh, a, a big stack of comics fall on him. And the, the caption on the very next panel is, Soon after... And Mickey and, and Doodle and, and um, Goofy talk, and Mickey notices. He's like, "Why do I see a caption box?" And and the next panel, the soon after, is still the caption box, and then the third panel, soon after, is still the caption box. Mickey's Mickey's like, "What the hell?" So Goofy grabs a uh, a net, a butterfly net, and they try and ca- capture. The caption box and it runs away and and they're going after it you know long story short the caption boxes it's like night of the living dead the caption boxes mm-hmm. start to inundate this goofy's home and the um they like to the italians like to break up their longer stories into chapters so uh, i mean the, the, there's some tropes uh, comic book tropes that leach into the story. There's a there's a egg-headed professor that knows exactly what's going on. There's a bubble-headed uh, damsel in distress, a blonde, that enters the picture. But when the chapters change, you get a gigantic recap box. And it says, now begins part two of our exciting adventure. And there's four paragraphs and it says, read on if you dare. It's a big part of the panel. There's uh, the, the the splash panels, maybe like three quarters of the page. And the army's called in. And they can see the splash panel pay, uh, caption. They're like, holy crap, that's enormous. There's all these tanks in the city. And they see this caption box. And then the caption box falls and blankets the army. It's nuts. I mean, this is meta to the nth degree. Like, this is the the conventions of, of comics eking their way into the storytelling. I thought this story was brilliant. And they know at the end of the story, you know, Mickey and, and Goofy persevere in the caption boxes. They find a way to stop the caption boxes. And um, they... Enter a, a, a reality where Mickey and Goofy 
kind of assume that they're nothing more than characters in a comic book. Mm-hmm. That gets me every friggin' time when that happens. Mickey says, this is surreal. Like, maybe we're characters in a comic book. And Goofy goes, Hill. And uh, Mickey says, I should contact a cartoonist. I'm sure my dream would make a great comic book story. And Goofy says, I just thought of something. How do you know it hasn't already made a great comic book story? Some, uh-huh. Sometimes these things have a funny way of becoming... And Mickey says, yeah, let's just go to the soda shop before my head starts to hurt. This one story was worth the price, the entire price of admission for me on this trade. And it's not expensive. It's it's full color. It's bigger than digest size, but smaller than the size of a regular comic. And it's only twelve ninety nine. And if you order it from DCBService.com, it, I think this thing cost me maybe 8 bucks. Right. Total win. Total win. Because you get, not only do you get Mickey and Goofy, you get Donald Duck and Gladstone Gander stories from Finland. And um, it's loaded with uh, Uncle Scrooge. You get Daisy Duck. Like, I love the Disney characters. Again, not so much in the movies and the cartoons, but in the comics, I am such a mark for the Disney, especially Donald and Uncle Scrooge. But what IDW is doing... These have never been reprinted in the United States. So we're getting, this is the first look on a lot of this stuff. And uh, this is Walt Disney's Comics and Stories, but an addendum. Duck Avenger is amazing. I will talk about that some other time because I don't, I don't want to, you know, bogart the mic and just talk about IDW's <laughs> Disney comics. But if it's not on your radar, it should be. IDW, Walt Disney Comics and Stories featuring Donald and Mickey, The Persistence of Mickey trade paperback. Take my word for it. Just if if anything I've ever said is connected with you in some way, believe me, get this book. It is amazing. 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 And you get The Persistence of Mickey was like one of the best Disney stories I've read in like a long time. Get it. I'm, Does it come with a 10% discount on cryogenics? No. <laughs> I see Disney in the same way I see Stanley. A man who made uh, a career out of exploiting the work out of other people. <laughs> Which is why... Others, I, others would say he gave them a career. Yeah. That's true, but the hard work was done by the creative types. <clears throat> so, um, before I forget, since I probably will, <laughs> Dab is uh, like, we are not getting into the Stan Lee Jack Kirby thing again. <laughs> oh no, we can. <laughs> no, I don't want to. I really don't. Um, no, I know we don't. It's, it's so obvious. Um, yes. <laughs> um, getting back to because Vince will love it. Um, to conclude what I was telling Jason in Motor Girl, um, when Larry is abducted and on the ship and he sees the dog, if you look at the shadow, I believe that's the alien. 
So it's in the fifth issue. It's at the end of the, the end of the fifth issue, uh, or towards the end. But when Larry wakes up and he's talking to the alien and the alien reveals to be, have a dog, a cartoon dog, but then, um, the dog flips him off. There's a shadow there. And I think that that's, that, that, that's why I think that that's, that's why the characters see what they want to see or what they believe the alien to look like when that really isn't what, what the aliens are. So that is it for. Motor girl for this week. You know, Jason. Jason's being extremely lenient with me because yeah. if you remember, I said that Terry Moore's next series. That's right. Yeah. Yes, oh, you did. I forgot. You absolutely did. Yeah. No, I just want to bring that to your attention. But um, then I saw the first issue. And I'm like, Nah, I'm not reading this. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, didn't you give uh, me your word? I yeah. I did, and I will read it if you want me to. I, w- I will. I, you know, I'm supplicating. I'd rather myself. make you go back and read Echo or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking Rachel Rising is the one that's going to click. Yeah, well, that's the Let's horror that. book, and Let's it's that. long running. That's a long standing one. His books have had such different lengths. Yeah, yeah. He was going to do this book right after he finished Echo, and then another creator had told him that they had a very similar idea in mind, and the book was imminently launching. So he held off, and then that book never hit the stands. So who's to say if we would have ever gotten Rachel Rising in that case? All right. I think he's a very good illustrator. I just... His, That's what you always say about yeah, him. Yeah, his stories just don't connect with me. Well, it saddens me a bit that he's going back to the Strangers in Paradise well. And not saddens me because I'm not looking forward to reading more. I am saddens me because I think I've seen, I've, I've, I've read and heard enough interviews with him over the years to know that he wouldn't be doing that if it wasn't a financial necessity for him. Right, right, right. And that was the thing with Strangers in Paradise. I bought the whole series. I read it. I enjoyed it, but I, I think Kachu is Probably his best creation. Sure. Well, I, I think Strangers in Paradise is phenomenal. I, I read, I started reading it right about at the time it was getting ready to wrap up and bought those phone books. Right. That they were popular and, and read all of the phone books in a few week period. So I shotgunned that series of 10, 10, 10, 10 12 years worth of it, no matter if a month or two and, and, I, I think it's a phenomenal series. I, I genuinely do. I just think, is it David, the the male? Mm-hmm. I think he's pathetic. Yeah. I think he's just pathetic. Well, but that's the character. Though. I know, but it's just like, dude, you, he's he's defined by these two women. It's just, I I just don't get it. I I, I don't I, I don't understand being that enamored with someone that you would just. Lay yourself out there like that. I don't get it. It's completely alien to me. I hear you. It's how, like, how I feel about the twenty-something unmotivated hipster characters. I have never. They always bother me. Yep. Yeah. All right. We bring this one home. 
In your travels. In your travels, bitches. All right, everybody. As usual, this episode has been brought to you by Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. Get your comics for a fraction of the cover price, such as from Dark Horse, Matt Wagner, Grendel Tales, Omnibus Trade Paperback, Volume 1, for $12.49. From Boom, the Planet of the Apes Archive, fingers crossed. Hardcover, Volume 1, $24.99. And from Valiant, Secret Weapons Number One, $1.99. Yeah. In your travels. I, uh, this was one of the very few books that I actually, uh, contributed uh, to the Kickstarter. And it has found a home at Fanagraphics. It's called, um, Luff. L-O-V-F, Love, by uh, Jesse Reclaw. And like Goat Herded, this is not a book that can be easily described. The cover reads, An Illustrated Diary of a Man Literally Losing His Mind. And that's what it is. Uh, it may drive David a little bit crazy, because while it is sequential art and therefore comics, there are no panel borders. Each page is like a memory map. There are incidents in the story that converge and butt up against each other and are uh, delineated side by side with other incidents in the book. And there are asides, mental asides that, that just kind of sink into the story from other places. Uh, I think the art is absolutely stunning. Um, Reclaw has a bit of Will Elder in him, in his character design and execution. Uh, it's dark. It's very, it's, it's simultaneously dark and very colorful. It's much like the way that I work, which I don't know if, if you've seen my stuff, um, it, it kind of looks like a little like my stuff, and that's giving myself a compliment, which maybe I don't deserve. But, um, it's, it's a, it's a, an, a sketchbook that Reclaw took with him on the road as he descended into madness. And he loses people that mean things to him. Um, some, um, just go away, some die. And his his mind kind of shatters, and he just he he captures it all in the pages of this sketchbook. Uh, it's it's hard to read, difficult to read. It's not a pleasant pleasant story, uh, but visually, it's one of the most exciting things I've come across. Uh, because, like I said, the images just kind of like converge on each page. No panel borders, just flat out drawing um, each page is an experience the best way I can describe it is the pages are memory maps these are all things that have occurred to Reclaw and he gets them all down but I'm sure they make more sense to him than they do to the reader right 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 but it's 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 a worthwhile read just to to because it, it approximates a mental state and and you can see it degrading as as it goes it, it starts fairly conventionally like there there is a panel border on the first p- 
page or two, but then it all just kind of melts into process and um, experience. And but the visuals are—they're just stunning. It, uh, buy it. It's um, Fanographics. Again, I, I can't really tell you everything that goes on in here because it's it's an it's a it's a disturbingly personal tale. It's it's one man just dissolving and capturing the dissolution of of, of his self on the page, but it's it's on um, matte paper, which is very um, welcome. No gloss here. Fanographics, sixteen ninety nine trade paperback. It is worth ten times that that price. The 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 art is just gorgeous. They're they're painting, they're drawing slash paintings on every page. Like he'll go in with it with marker, and it looks like uh, acrylics on some, and and he he does all the type is is hand drawn, and it's very um, it's very emotional work. I, I I can't recommend it highly. Uh, more, I can't recommend it enough. Is what I wanted to say. Love, L O V F, and I, I have a sneaking suspicion that the F used to be an E, like the bottom um, cross, uh, the bottom ver- horizontal on the E fell off, and mm-hmm. that, that's why it's become love. But it, it's it, it's grist for the the brain. It's it's stuff to to think about. It's really really well done. Get it. The illustrated diary of a man literally losing his mind. Yes, and normally I would I would give it the old hairy eyeball at the word literally used in there, but it works. I think in in conjunction with what he's doing. It's it's a literal. It, it just read it. You'll see. Ah, and your travels. Um, I had something else planned for this week, but then that happens. I, I, uh, yeah. Then, then the mail came uh, (laughs) the other day, and I had forgot that I ordered this um, many, many months ago. Uh, Twelve issues total in this trade paperback. Uh, starting off with oh yeah the New Teen Titans Annual number two, and then the first mm-hmm. eleven issues of Marv Wolfman's Vigilante. You and Mario were both very excited about this. Yes, uh, and uh, Hassan read read it as well. Read the first few issues and says that it still holds up. Um, I there are it's it's weird and and it's. Uh, Sentimental, and it's because of where I was when the character was introduced, and um, trips to Massachusetts to visit my grandparents. There's a whole thing. It's it's very much. It's not just what's what's on the page or what the stories are about. There's there's a whole thing involved when it comes to me and the vigilante and the New Teen Titans. But this is uh, this this is a really good looking package. They naturally. And, and not surprisingly, use the cover of the first issue that uh, that, that posed by um, Keith Pollard of the Vigilante across the uh, standing above or in front of uh, newspaper headlines where um, 
the world is just not right. Um, and, uh, if you, yeah, so it's, it's, it's the character's first appearance from that annual and then, uh, and then the beginnings of, uh, the ongoing series. It was, um, retails for $29.99. You should not have to pay that no matter where you get it from. Uh, but you have art in here by, um, What's this called? Vigilante. Um, it's it's Vigilante by Marv Wolfman, Volume One, DC trade paperback. Um, okay. Art by Keith Pollard, uh, George Perez, obviously. Chuck Patton. There you go, Vince Ross Andrew, because he did a couple of issues in the uh, before the first year. Um, Don Newton. Yay. Uh, Pablo Marcos is an anchor. Dick Giordano is an anchor. Romeo Tangal, Mike DiCarlo, Rick Magyar, Dan Adkins. Um, it was, it's, it's going to be quite the, uh, stroll down memory lane for me. I, um, I remember when the issues came out. Um, at the time, the subject matter may have been a little, Mature for me, so I'll I'll uh, be reading some of these stories with at least a different perspective. Um, I love that, way, right? Because of the way the world is now. So um, yes, no, it's great. It, it's because I mean, yeah, there are plenty of stories that we're going to be able to read that we read growing up um, that we obviously read with rose-colored glasses. But uh, if there are some things where, like, if if you were eight years old when you first read the Dark Phoenix Saga. You know, it's like, oh yeah, that that's that's attractive and and it's all it's a feast for the eyes, but you may not actually get where where Claremont was uh, was going or at least trying to take you. Um, so yeah, that definitely if if you do read something that you first read when you were much younger and hadn't revisited too often, uh, it it definitely, like Vince said, it it's it's great, and I'm going to um, have quite a bit of fun. Reading this trade and rereading some of these issues. It's nice when you because when you read that you were like what pre twenty right eleven oh yeah. god yeah yeah and it's just you 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 probably didn't connect with a lot of the things that Wolfman was bringing to the table, but right. now experience has seasoned you and and you get it and it's just like oh my I didn't I didn't see that back in the day that's what I'm hoping happens. With the Planet of the Apes, uh, from Boom. Because when I read that, I was 10, 11, mm-hmm. right? And I'm sure I didn't get a lot of it. Other than the fact that there was apes versus, versus humans and whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, I love when I revisit old work and it suddenly clicks and, it, I, I, I can admit I didn't understand a lot of Howard the Duck when it was coming out. I couldn't. Okay. Right? All right. But now it you look back on it, it's like, yeah, this is this is one of the greatest comics ever published. Yeah. I think what what's also I the whole it's it's I, I, I talk about what how I feel about the character, what the character means, but I, it's, there are, even, even the simple costume 
It's a, it, it's like the anti Jack of Hearts because you have there's there's there, I mean Perez was smart enough where he he does the the striping on the sleeves so the, the costume is completely black so there's no detail there's no it's it, it there's no leather there's no blue effects there's no it, it's not like it's a Batman outfit or there's there's no there's no tone there's no definition you don't see anything except all this black except where you have the the blue stripe on the arms that will let you know where the shoulder where the bicep it, it's just it's fucking simple and it's smart and it works and here's a dude who just he's not he doesn't have a big old skull on his chest letting you know you know you might be able to see him in the dark or, or batman with the with the yellow around it's just but it it's yeah the the belt is is yellow but uh it it's it's a costume it's it's a look that just has always just stuck with me and and i know that you know what they did with adrian chase on that airplane with the peacemaker and it 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 that bothered me at the time um just because i like the character and and then they 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 brought the vigilante character back again uh not adrian chase but in the pages of destro it's just it, it's but yeah i mean it all goes back to so it, it'll be interesting because this one has it's not just oh i read that story back when you know, I was 12 and I'm going to read it again 30 years later. This is, there's a lot more, there's a lot more baggage on, on this. Right, with me. right. You love that character. That makes me happy that you connect with a character so strongly that, you know, Vigilante, it's one of the ones that you, you just, you always mention, like, that's one of your favorite characters. It is true. Aww. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm verklempt. Yeah. <laughs> Jason, well, in, in keeping with the idea of trying to recapture the magic of one's youth in reading comics, the long, dark period of the Terrigen Cloud is behind us now. <laughs> and <laughs> we're getting a complete line-wide reboot, a much-needed line-wide reboot of the Mutant X-Universe. Uh, I, for one, am welcoming... welcoming our new overlords. Um, now, there's been three of the relaunch books out already, and those are X-Men Gold, X-Men Blue, and Weapon X. We probably don't need to rehash the horrifyingly embarrassing undertones of X-Men Gold from Artie and Syaf, who's you. been fired from Marvel, and uh, probably we don't need to say anything more. I'm sure everybody's... If you were interested in all in the news, you're probably already aware of it. But in terms of the issue itself, that's probably of the three, I thought, the, the strongest start uh, in the sense that they, they get a couple things really right, which is I, I like the team. It's a, um, it's largely a team comprised of, of Bird Claremont. Um X-Men. It's Nightcrawler, Colossus, Storm, Kitty, who's the leader, by the way. And then Wolverine, although it's, in this case, Old Man Logan, but it is Wolverine. And then Phoenix, but in this case, it's it's Rachel. Um, but I, I like the team makeup. Uh, unfortunately, Syaf's off the book because I thought his art looked very good. <laughs> I don't know if they've... I, I've not yet seen... I don't know who they replaced him with, uh, if they did replace him, but... Uh, We'll have to, we'll see how that plays out. 
But they start off strong by fighting Terhax, which is pretty cool. Uh, and this is, it's not perfect. In particular, their, Saif has no idea what a baseball game actually looks like. Uh-huh. So he, he, they try and recapture the, the love of that, of that Claremont run when after an adventure they would take some time at the pool or they would play a baseball game. And they have that in here. So I love the, the, I give the writer a lot of credit for, for this out, for this moment. I, I don't think it was executed that well visually, but I still like that that's the kind of tone that Guggenheim is trying to set here. Um, and yeah, I came away generally well, well disposed to this one. I, I think it's, uh, it's them being out in public trying to be heroes again. Uh, it's also them training some younger mutants. Uh, we get some much needed closure between Colossus and Kitty. And, uh, I have high hopes for this one. Uh, and we get a reveal at the end of the presumed big bads of the first arc, which are the, well, I'll just come out and say it. it's, it's a brotherhood of evil mutants, but it's a new group of evil mutants. Some clearly, rec- they don't name who they are, they just show a splash page, but some clearly uh, are legacy characters that have joined the team, and then others appear to be completely new to the mix. So I, I like that. I think that's a nice way to introduce a team, is give us a little bit of the old and a little bit of the new. So thumb up for X-Men Gold, uh, in spite of the unfortunate underlying controversy there. Uh, X-Men Blue, I would say, is probably of the three the one that got the most general acclaim from, from comic readers, it seems. Um, beautiful, beautiful Art Adams cover. Uh, but when is Art Adams cover? When, when is there an Art Adams cover that's not beautiful? It's true. This is, this one is written by Colin Bunn, who was writing one of the, the, the pre-launch books, the, the prior series books. With art by uh, Jorge Molina and Matteo Buffani, and I'm a I'm a massive Molina fan. I, I love his work. He's another art uh, Adams clone, uh, much like Bradshaw, um, but I do like it very much. Um, he does an interesting thing in this book, drawing Jean Grey. He gives her almost a manga look, big, very, very big, oversized eyes, much different than the way he draws everybody else in the book. So it has to be a conscious choice. It's an interesting choice because I don't know that I've seen Gene drawn that way very often. But the the conceit of this book is that the five young X-Men, the original X-Men that were brought forward by Beast during Bendis's run, are back together in this book, adventuring around the world. And they are now aligned with, but on bump, Magneto. And it's they're essentially a strike force. They're going out and they're taking out the the big threat, bad mutants in the world. So in this first arc, they, and, and this is playing at the nostalgic heartstrings, they go up against Black Tom Cassidy. And who is Black Tom Cassidy usually partnered with? Oh, Juggernaut. Juggernaut, exactly. And the Juggernaut is big, bad, and pissed off because he's pissed that Xavier's dead. He's pissed off for lots of other reasons. So uh, just just a classic a classic X-Men story. Uh, I, I, I liked it a lot, but I, I hold against it that it's the younger versions of these characters still, which is unfair because they've been around a long time now and I just need to get over it. But, um, were this, were this portrayed as a flashback to their earlier days, I'd probably have enjoyed it a bit more. And they, the reason I said this wasn't my favorite, even though it probably was the most critically acclaimed of the three is because of the 
last few page reveal of a character that's apparently going to join them. And I'm not feeling that character. I'm not, I'll leave it to you to find out who it is, but I, it's not a character that I'm, I'm, I'm clamoring in any way to see more of. Um, and then a the, Wolverine. Well, you know, I love Wolverine, <laughs> but you're not exactly wrong though. Mm. I'll leave it at that. Is it Dakin? No, although oh. I, would, I would like that. I would like that actually. <laughs> that would, I would mind that. Okay, and then the last, but but not least for me, but the one that's I, I'm struggling with the most for a reason I think my boys here will understand is Weapon X. Now, anytime you're coming up with a new series and on the cover is my girl Domino, it's a book I'm going to read. Uh, so they had me a Domino. But as is apparently the case for the rest of my living days, Marvel loves Greg Land. And Marvel mm-hmm. gives Greg Land big books. Mm-hmm. And so this is written by Greg Pak, big fan of the Pak. And it's art by Greg Land. Now, I will say, it does appear that Greg, in this book, uses less photo ref than we've become accustomed to him doing. So that's good. He does a lot of actual drawing in this, and I'm fine with that. But it is still, when you get to the facial close-ups and stuff, the, the Greg Land screen cap images that we're oh so used to. But but that putting Land aside, and I put him in a neutral camp at this point. I can accept his art. I, I'm not appalled by it. I, I would prefer a book not be drawn by him, but I it's it's not a deal breaker for me, especially when it's characters I love. Uh, so this is, it's not necessarily breaking new ground, Weapon X, the Weapon X program is back. And for whatever reason, we'll soon find out. They are looking to take out the, uh, I guess you would say the, the most successful prior experiments. So, of course, they're going after Logan, going after Sabretooth. They've gone after Lady Deathstrike. Uh, we don't see Domino or Warpath in this first issue, but... They're listed as team members, so I'm sure we will see them soon be uh, take, taken out by, or, or at least potentially taken out by, by the Weapon X program. Uh, and the new villains are cool because they are, in essence, um, I don't know if they're, they didn't call them Sentinels, but they're cybernetic creatures that wear the husks, human skin husks, to mask their appearance until they're ready to hunt their prey. So the opening salvo is old man Logan hanging out in the woods and a, 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 a two young hikers, a male and a, a female, a couple are, are wandering through the woods and they come across him on the trail and ask him for directions and he gives them. And now anyone that's read Wolverine understands that he has preternatural senses. So it's not quite spider sense, but he can smell when things are off. He can get a sense of when things are off. He just sees them as a, a young human couple, and then all of a sudden they morph into these killing machines and, and almost take him out. And they do nearly kill him. And it freaks him out because there was just no sign of it. They smelled normal. They smelled like humans. They had human heartbeats. So it was a total, total wool over his eyes job. And uh, so that's pretty cool. So, again, I don't know if they're sentinels. I don't know if they're just other, another type of creature. Uh, but they remind me more of, of, of Reavers or a, a, a that kind of thing, a Donald Pierce kind of thing, but but either way, uh, they they are the uh, the instruments for Weapon X at this point. And so 
takeaway on this book is I, I, I love the characters involved, um, but I don't think the idea of, of these characters being under siege by Weapon X or Project X or, or whatever, the Weapon Plus program, whatever you want to call it. There's been a lot of iterations of that story over the years. It's definitely just like going to space and or time traveling to a apocalyptic future. It's, it's one of the X-Men tropes. So it'll all come down to the execution of the story because they're not breaking new ground with the trope itself. Um, and uh, we'll have to see how Land draws Domino because that's going to ultimately decide whether or not I throw this book into the fireplace or keep it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's so funny. <laughs> well, it's funny because as we're doing this episode, uh, Jonathan Gordon posted on our Facebook group what characters we love so much that we will and do read even horrible stories featuring them. Um, and we just power through it. And I think for our generation... <laughs> The answer to that was a lot of characters for a long time, right? I mean, we, we, I think we, if you were a hardcore Marvel or DC or in our cases, both, you read the titles to read the titles and you pretty much didn't want to not read the titles even when they were bad. You just sucked it up. Um, these days for me, it's, it's Domino, Wolverine and Phantom X. I, I seemingly read everything that they're in no matter what. And if I'm being honest, a lot of, a lot of the stuff that they're in sometimes isn't very good. But I live with it, so I don't know if you guys have some thoughts on that. Hard for you now, Vince. You used to have lots, but I don't know that you do anymore. Yeah, it's rough. Um, I mean, you used to be all. You used to re, you had every Batman issue, every Superman issue. It seems like you would Fantastic Four, but I guess that's not even here. It's not Fantastic Four doesn't <laughs> exist right now. So hard to read Fantastic Four these days, right? Uh, no, the, the the oh Spawn, yeah. The, uh, dragon. Mm-hmm. the the obvious example. Wow, let me write the fuck off, why don't you? No, Jesus. Those, those are two books that I've see. I, I can't play into that because those are two books I currently dropped. Oh, oh, yeah. It, I used to read Spawn no matter what because uh, I love the character, but McFarlane has this attachment to Kadransky, and I just don't understand it. The book looks like <laughs> he he Kadransky was on it for. Years, a long time, and and uh, okay, we got John Boy Myers. It's going to look good now, and it's and it was great, and then Myers went away, and now uh, there was a mini renaissance of Spawn, and then he went back to Kadransky just because the guy can get stuff in on time, but the book looks like ass, and I'm just like I'm not paying for this anymore, and I just, Savage Dragon, I just enough, I just had enough, <laughs> yeah. I've read it for what two hundred and almost two hundred and fifty issues, and it's just it's enough. So is there? But the, is yeah, there a character? Yeah, Commandy. Okay. And and I, that, that, that is true, but that that benefits from the fact that there's so rare, rarely new Commandy material. Right, and unfortunately, the new Commandy material is not all that great so far. Mm-hmm. But I would say one man thing, right? Yeah, man thing. It, you Howard know, the Duck. I mean, I I know that all the Howard Duck incl- in, incarnations post. The original have not been pleasing to you, but I feel like you've tried them all. But I guess you haven't kept with them. No, I have, right? But you know, this it it I think this further illustrates me abandoning my old principles because, yeah, I would read a Howard the Duck series without question, but this Zadarsky thing, one issue and I was done. I right, same here. Yeah, 
And the man thing, I should have followed him in the pages. (laughs) Oh, no, I'm not talking about that. Uh, Didn't man thing pop up in the pages of Thunderbolts? Yes. I should have read that, but I didn't. It's in Doctor Strange right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that I will read. Because yeah, I, he's doing it. He's doing it well. Aaron knows how he's doing. Because it's Jason Aaron, right? You know, he's he's going to honor the the, the stuff doing that it, it, doing it, he's doing it well. <laughs> how about come, you, David? Uh, well, I can't say Spider Man. No, I can't either. I was gonna, but I can't. Right, and I can't say. Well, I was, if it was still going on, I can't say Fantastic Four. Um. It would have been Superman. It would, there really isn't right now. I mean, I am not. I will. I eventually. I, I think Clone Conspiracy is like might be half off, and it's still way too much, and I want to spend on it. So, um, but there are some Spider-Man stories that I still haven't read, and I, I so no, there are. I don't. I don't. I don't think there's anybody. I mean, there's. It used to be a lot easier when comics were a dollar or less, but now it's, it's it's. Right. I mean, I remember putting up with crap. Um, it was a rough was road for depletion, depletion in me, or just um, hoping it would get better. But it just no. I, I there's there's no reason for me to stick around if if I'm not feeling something. I think right. industry wide that has changed. Yeah, I, I I do feel to your point. We and we all live this, and I, I feel like it was the norm. I think you every, so many of us were. The reason this hobby is a collectible hobby is because we were complete completists. Right. We wanted every every issue of a run that mattered to us, and that still does drive a lot of the collecting component of the hobby. And that has seemingly changed, even with the old timers like us, in that whether it's budget, and I guess that does play a big part of it, or time, or accessibility, it, it does seem like people now, the, the industry has, has gotten us off that teat. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's a combination of cost and the constant renumbering and the constant shifting of creative teams and the rebooting. I think that's all played in the waiting, the writing for the trade. I think it's just become a lot easier for people to jump off books and that inherently makes it easier to or less likely to jump on. So that's why number ones do well because everybody puts their foot back in the water because they have nostalgia for characters, but it's a, it's not, it's not a, it's a, it's, it is a high bar to stay with it though. Yeah. You know, I was going to say in the past, it was a rough road. If you were a captain America fan, uh-huh. captain America was Bad for a lot, yeah, I mean, da- a lot Darryl, of years. I don't know if he posted that in our group or the Taylor Network or both, but Daryl listed all the major runs of Captain America and said there aren't too many. Asked, he asked everyone what was their seminal run, but making the point there really aren't that many. I, I, I'm hugely nostalgic for the Grunwald run. Yeah. But that wasn't good comics. It was. I was in the right age, and I thought it was fun, and I... I love things like the Serpent Society, and we all remember him turning into a werewolf. But but that, that it wasn't. Yeah, I don't know if you can say that wasn't good comics. It, well, maybe it, it was. I like I like them, but I don't know that that was a. They were. But they that were, wasn't a run evocative of right. It it wasn't of, man, of Miller Mazzucchelli Daredevil or right. Right. It wasn't or, Man Without a Country. No, right. But that's right. a great run. So I, I I think like for Captain America, I, I do think the similar run is is is. Is um, Brubaker? I think that's 
Yeah, for a lot of people it would be. Um, especially since what happened in it is, is lasting, especially with bringing Bucky back. Um, Captain America would have been my pick for a while. The hell, Daredevil would have been my pick for a while. Um, the fucking armor, but you had the uh, <laughs> uh, the um, but the Teen Titans. Though. I, I mean, you absolutely, you, absolutely. But even then, even you haven't read then, Titans in years. Even then, the Titans hunt went on way too long, and then they brought in the Team Titans, and it was just it it, it became messy. But when um, when when they brought it back, when when Johns was writing. Um, the, the Teen Titans, and you had the McCone art, uh, and, and you had The Outsider, so you had Rainey and, and Matt Clark working on that book. Um, I came back for that. Batman and The Outsiders, I pretty much was with for the entirety of it. it it's, but it's, um, it was probably Fantastic Four was the, was the book where I realized I don't need to keep buying this, it, it was it was after Burn left, and it was it was probably um, DeFalco around the DeFalco, right? Yeah, it was, it was it was early in that run because I was just yeah. like I don't, and then and but I would keep every time they bring a change, I come back and I devoured the hell out of the Blade Ringo stuff, and and then what was JMS comes on? Yeah, then, what was the character? The Indian digital guy was it Khalid? That DeFalco created, he was, he had a turban. Jinder Mahal? You know who I'm talking about, Dap. I do, and I'm trying to. I think it was Khalid. And, and he was, it's just like, I could not believe. Oh, speak, not to get on a tangent of a tangent, but speaking of old Fantastic Four, uh, Monsters Unleashed, number one, came out this week. Yeah. And their housekeeper, well, their, their caretaker, their teacher, I'm, I'm misspeaking, the, the, Kid Kaiju's teacher is Herbie. Oh, God. Yeah, great. No, don't be like that, dude. <laughs> you, th- th- I've read this issue and thought if Vince wasn't out of his self right now, this <laughs> you would you'd be gushing about this what issue. What does that even mean, out of myself? <laughs> You're in that mode right now about how Marvel can do nothing right and it all sucks, but just like you were a few years ago at DC and we were making fun of you then and said you'll be reading DC again someday and you'll seem it'll feel silly that you were so dismissive of DC and you said no way never going to happen sold all my Batman comics to Campbell and now you're loving the DC you will have a, a renaissance moment and I'm telling you when you do you will be at like Books a Million or wherever the hell you go in 3 or 4 years and then you'll say hey I was at Books a Million and I picked up all these trades for like 5 bucks a piece and I picked up Monsters Unleashed and it was awesome all these Kirby monsters and Herbie and Elsa Bloodstone, and they brought back the Intelligentsia. I'm telling you, you were you, this first issue you would have gushed about if it, if you were an anti-Marvel right now. If you swapped Herbie for Agatha Harkness, maybe. Oh, get the fuck out of here with that nonsense! What do you mean nonsense? The Intelligentsia. Uh, you mm-hmm. oh my god. Right? Can we go back and listen to I'll how much into you it. about the intelligence? I'll, I'll look into it. I'll look into it. You do acknowledge that you loved the intelligence. I do. I do. But I don't. Herbie, like I never loved Herbie. Well, Herbie's just a supporting character. He's on two or three panels. But I thought, oh, that's cool. It's a nice little homage from Bun. It's not cool. 
Oh my god! Her was encased in stone. <laughs> I apologize, Cullen, if you listen to this. But I do, you know, get back to your your uh, characters that you'll read, no matter what. I do have one. Gold digger. Well, I, I always buy that. <laughs> the Legion. You have two. The Legion. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I will buy. It. I think that's. I think a lot of people because Legion doesn't come out all that often. When it does, everybody that. Loves the original Legion stuff and the Levitt's Legion stuff. Comes back to every reincarnation and sticks with it for various amounts of time. I stick to it till the end because I love the Legion. I want to see them succeed, but more often than not, they don't. Yeah, the Legion's a good one. I'd probably go with that one. Yeah. I um, I don't even think I could say the Punisher because I still never read the uh, the Angel storyline. No, you could say the Punisher. Yeah, you could skip one. It, it's not. Especially if I have read every single. Appearance. I know that, but I'm saying it, it, how no, lenient right. he is with you and not me. <laughs> Wait, what? No, oh yeah, Dap. You can skip as much as you want, buddy, because you could. You, you that's you. But I, I poo poo on one fucking Herbie appearance, and I'm, oh, I'm no, dead. No, no. I. This is how. This is how. How much oh, you've got me beclemped about this stuff. As I'm reading Monster Unleashed, the first issue, I'm thinking. As I'm reading it, I'm thinking, it's a shame Vince would love this issue if he actually gave it a try. I'll give it a try. Okay. For next week, I will talk about Monsters Unleashed. I'm going to have to read the friggin' miniseries because... No, you don't have to. I didn't. All right. I didn't. They, they, they give you all you need to give, all you need to know. Okay. I'll read it for next week. Okay. Boom. Hold all me right. to it. Cool. Monsters Unleashed, number one. I gave you the big reveal, though, so I hope that's that That's fine. With 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 Herbie, no, not Herbie. Wow. <laughs> Intelligentsia. <laughs> Herbie's not big for Herbie. Fucking Herbie. That's his next tattoo. Yeah, my next tattoo's Herbie. I'm, I'm gonna get it on my ass so nobody sees it. Herbie ongoing. <laughs> Uh, hey, everybody. Thank you for being here with us once again. If you enjoyed any of these shenanigans, please leave us an iTunes review or review somewhere else. We we don't care. We don't mind because uh, it all adds up. It gets us um, new listeners, hopefully, and that's what we're all about. It's just getting new people into the fold and loving the comics like we do. Uh, in the meantime, come back next week because David loves you so much and he gets all weirded out when you're not here say good night David good night David bravo you're so good at that bravissimo yeah we love you so much come back we'll be here Got my eye on you, though. That guy right there. Who you that? Who he is. He knows who he is. He does? I got my mindset on you. Wow, nice. good music for a change. Right? <laughs> it's outro. Doesn't often happen. Gonna take money. Oh, lot of spending money. Bye. <laughs>